Welcome back to episode 61 of Warriors Den Podcast by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. On this podcast, we have Casey Kaler. Kaler, Kaler. Screw it up. Whatever, Casey will forgive me. Uh, he is an accountant by day, Kraviste by night, who also teaches, when they're allowed to, of course, at Kramaga Revolution in Petaluma, California. I met him along with uh, his instructor, Asher, when I did the Amit Himmelstein course back a while back. Now, I don't even recall. Maybe two summers a year and a half ago or something. Anyways, in this podcast, we discuss... Martial arts, Casey started uh, with uh, Kempo and boxing mostly and then ended up in Krav Maga. And of course, uh, we discuss the world around us, American politics, a little bit of other stuff, some philosophy, uh, and uh, just general thoughts of what's going on in the world. Because remember, what's the point of being a martial artist if you can't think beyond just punching someone in the face? Be a true warrior. But first... This podcast is brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. You can train with us, uh, pending certain restrictions, etc., blah, 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 idiot government policies. Sorry, not based in science to all those people who continue to insist on that. Um, anyways, you can find us at urbantacticskm.com if you want to find out about classes, private lessons, uh, etc. Or you can find us, utkmblog.com is where all my, uh, and anyone who wants to contribute that has something to say in my school. Most people don't want to, so it's mostly my ramblings. Uh, I wish more people would, so if you're a student listening and want to contribute, talk to me. Um, utkmblog.com, as well as where this blog uh this podcast can be found and all of the episodes all past episodes most of the hosting sites only have the last 10 so if you want to hear the stupid shit i said like years ago you can go back on utkmblog.com and find the older podcasts uh what else is on that oh some general concepts of kramaga of course and of course if you are global and really want to support us you can go to utkmu.com www.utkmu.com this is where in video format i have all our white and yellow and orange bell curriculum up so you can see what i'm teaching how i'm teaching it uh the free content again still limited again sorry life uh it'll get there eventually and uh, and as I expand, so will the advanced curriculum that will be up there. And so if you want to really support and you like our content, you can. That's probably the best way. Unless you just want to give me free money, I like free money. Just email me then. Um, of course, if you're in the martial arts world and want to uh, be on this podcast, you can message me too. Now, if you want to find us on social media, these dictatorial companies that we're seeing these days uh, Urban Tactics Krav Maga on Instagram at Urban Tactics Cam on Twitter just letting you know I don't really check Twitter but we are there um, Facebook Urban Tactics Krav Maga find out what we're doing and if you want to find out more so again that's UrbanTacticsKM.com for the school Urban Tactics or UTKMblog.com com for blog and more podcast and utkmu for online education i think that's it for now is it yes so this is episode 61 with casey accountant by day craftiest by night krav maga is not just a self-defense system it is a way of life warriors den is a podcast for cravists 
fighters, martial artists, warriors, politicians, and general citizens. Consider this. The society that separates scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Lucididi, your host, Jonathan Fader, talks to guests in an open and uncensored format about their fights, their philosophies, and their lives. No topic is taboo, and the conversation may start in one place and end in another. As the quote suggests, you cannot separate the warrior from the politics and the world around them, as a true warrior must be a student in all forms of art and science. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga. Turning lambs into lions. Test. Okay. Okay, so I'm here with Casey. Casey, uh, I met him, what was it, like a year and a half ago on a Meet Helmholtzstein instructor course down in uh, Petaluma, California. And I had previously had the host uh, Asher on a few episodes ago. And I, uh, in my seeking of guests, was seeing what Casey's posting on uh, Facebook. I'm like, hmm, he's a rational, intelligent human being capable of educated conversation. So let's have him on. Uh, So obviously, as always, let's just start with uh, your martial arts background. Obviously, do Krav Maga. How'd you get into that? I, to be honest, saw a really badass video on YouTube years ago, and I think I was probably a freshman or sophomore in college, so this is going back to 2012, 13, and I just thought it looked really good, and then, you know, fast forward, we didn't have any Krav Maga studios around where I am, closest one was probably an hour, hour and a half, and just, you know, three, four years later, I started doing some more research because I wanted to switch up martial arts just to get a more broad variety of things and i wanted to find one that i felt was a little more applicable to real world situations um my background being kempo karate and boxing which don't get me wrong learned plenty of great stuff but uh i just wanted to learn more about something that i felt like people that are much better than me considered to be a useful martial art like yeah. brazilian jiu-jitsu etc then i found asher's place yeah How's that been going this year? Not so great, but before that, it good, right? <laughs> oh, before that, I, I couldn't get out. I was a, I was a dojo rat. I couldn't leave. Yeah. I, I was there three times a week, sometimes more. I, I, I loved it. I instantly loved it, especially cause you know, Asher beat the crap out of me the very first class. And I was like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> Something yeah, that's, yeah. that's hands-on and real. Yeah. Now you mentioned Kempo and uh, boxing. When, what age did you start those? Um, man, how old was I? I started martial arts when I was way back when I get, God, I, I don't remember <laughs> a teenager, um, yeah. and early teens and not as serious about it. I played a lot of sports, football, basketball, track, cycling, and baseball. So I was busy like year round constantly. So my focus and it didn't really start until I was about, I'd say 18 years old when I uh, went to college and then I didn't play sports anymore other than recreationally. And then I started uh, a a lot of boxing and a lot of uh, Kempo karate, uh, the latter coming first actually for about a year and then adding in boxing because I wanted a little more uh, 
footwork contact yeah type stuff with that being said you know picking on kempo what, what are your thoughts about kempo after doing krav i so okay so there's there's a, a, a i love kempo i think there's a lot of great discipline that you learn in kempo i think there's a lot of a lot of important fundamental stuff that you learn that you can apply to a lot of other martial arts um i do think the instructor plays a huge as in every martial art instructor yeah. plays a huge <laughs> role but i think the interpretation of kempo karate is very different depending yeah. on what instructor you have kind of like jeet kune do as well i would imagine exactly that. that's a great example yeah so um my instructor my first instructor who i was with for the majority of the time um his name was herb cody senior and he's a uh, he's a well-known person in the Kempo karate world. Yeah, especially because uh, just outside the Bay, right? So it's like the Mecca in, in a lot of places for the old school stuff. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny is it's only the old school places that are left of the traditional martial arts for the most part. Um, excluding like, you know, BJJ or judo, because those are still those are gaining more popularity around here yeah. by the week. But um, Herb Cody Sr., he, he is a very old school guy and he was uh he's actually native american yeah um and he was tough as nails and he was older when he uh, when i trained with him too but he he was very physical and i think he had a lot of real world experience hmm. with some of his background and so i think as a result that helped me to get a slightly different view of, of kempo than say like a friend of mine who grew up with kempo had like he was a much more taekwondo style of yeah. like a lot of lines you know, practicing your straight punches sort of basics. Yeah. You know, it make, makes sense. Standard, standard traditional martial arts. I mean, I'll give credit to Kempo as it tried to tried to be more realistic than the other karate styles at the time. It's actually funny. I was watching a video I posted. I don't know if you saw the, uh, it was a Jesse Campman who's a karate guy. And he was saying how like Okinawan karate did not originally have kicks, head kicks in it because Okinawan karate really was self-defense oriented. And at some point for a variety of reasons, political competition, et cetera, uh, they added head kicks in originally from French savat. Although I think he got something wrong about savat was it was originally designed for fighting on uh, pirate ships, no, not pirate ships, but the same type of uh, the ships. So it's, it's like always interesting when you see the lineage of martial arts. Krav, I'm, I am concerned Krav is going to go down the same road if it's not careful. It's where it starts as self-defense and then in order to get popularity or in order to, it starts adding components that are, are not. And I would say Kempo is probably at the point in many places where it's kind of gone down that road. BJJ hopefully will not. We'll see, but mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to say. What do you think about that? That's actually so. What's funny when you say that is the first video I ever saw of, um, I say ever saw, the first video I looked to find for Krav Maga was uh, an instructor based in, I believe, Southern California. And I don't remember the name of his uh, dojo. He has a lot of students down there. And he's yeah, not. Uh, I'll think about it. Keep going. You, you probably have heard of it. I'm yeah, sure. I'm yeah. sure Amit knows him too. He's not an IKF. Oh, it's uh, Royale again, probably. Right? That's probably yeah. who it is. And it's much more like you're saying the fear of what it could turn into. I, at least what I see, it's like the videos look great, but a lot of it is very, it's yeah. very, you know, it's meant to look a lot more flashy, meant to look a lot. He, he knows. I know, like, I don't know him personally. As a martial artist, he's phenomenal. He's mm -hmm. legit. He's legit as fuck, like, for mm -hmm. sure. 
he's teaching soccer mon kramaga and everybody knows it everybody knows it mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the flashy stuff he does is not kramaga it's phenomenal martial arts right i can't do half the shit he does you know no ego like i i cannot do a lot of that yeah but it's not kramaga <laughs> and so he's you know you see that he he uh before the Lior Offenbach video uh his video was the top rated crowd video that's how i know it's the one you saw because yeah, it's like a million views and then mm-hmm. uh, the Lior video came out of uh, australia from one of his students and then that went and then that was like no the hardcore crowd mega mm-hmm. total totally different approaches <laughs> Lior, exactly so, um so yeah i know it's definitely a concern especially in north america you know so was mm-hmm. uh who's that talking to someone was telling me like how do you keep realism in self-defense without scaring people away and it's it's a really hard balance mm-hmm. right now boxing has more practical applications if you combine it with some other skill sets right mm-hmm. as you see in mma and stuff like fundamentals of krav right boxing wrestling judo kickboxing and then all the practical self-defense applications mm-hmm. right so if you have an instructor that's not proficient at those skills it can be hard to teach crowd and you'll get the same thing as like kempo because traditionally mm-hmm. uh like most crowd guys are boxers or kickboxers and then they do crowd and then w- once all the ground stuff came out you most crowd guys are shit <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what your experience has been with that um but that's what i think so far I'm much more, I don't like being on the ground. Yeah. I don't, it's, and that was definitely something I had to get used to being on the ground. And I've gotten in plenty of, plenty of fights. Every fight tries to go to the ground, at least at some point. Yeah. And I am lucky that I'm, I'm pretty fast and I'm really quick with my feet and I have really good scramble skills. I guess I, that's the best, yeah. that's the best way to oh, describe yeah. my game is I can scramble with the best of them, but I can't, you know, I can't pin anybody. I, you know, if you put me against a D one wrestler, I'm going to get wrecked if I have of to course. just wrestle. Yeah. Like a good wrestler. I like, I'm the old, I'm not that old, but old lazy jujitsu where I just lay back and wait. Yeah. Every once in a while, I get these young white belts that have been doing wrestling for years or something else for years and they're still in the peak athleticism. And I'm just, I don't have the energy for this. And, you know, they'll pass and they just fire, fire, fire. And I just lie there and wait to regard because I'm like, I don't care. But, like, you know, obviously on the street, you, wanna, you don't want to do that. So you're going to use uh, more practical application of get the fuck off me <laughs> now your attitude is absolutely correct for stay off the ground but it's one one thing i would say is as it is a skill that's really difficult to get even decent at grappling if you're not good at it and you run into one of those people no matter how good your crop is you may have some trouble that's what i tell everyone right mm-hmm. so uh it, do you have like a real world experience where you ended up on the ground? Or is it more like the, uh, Oh, definitely. Definitely. I got my ass taken down by somebody <laughs> one yeah. time at the bar. <laughs> and to be fair, the fight was my fault. I mean, I give myself, well, yeah. not, not, it wasn't all my fault, but I definitely didn't help the situation by any yeah. stretch of the imagination. You he took me to avoid, It was your fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he, and, and he, you know, I was 21. I just turned 21 and I was in a bar and yeah, yeah he took, he took my ass down real quick and he, he definitely knew how 
to grapple. I don't, I don't know who, what his name was. I don't even know what he did, but he knew how to grapple. Cause yeah. I only reason I was able to get out of anything and not lose it is because the bouncers came over and stopped it before he could actually <laughs> really wreck me too much. But I was, it was, it was quick. Oh yeah. It was very quick. So Some wrestlers are crazy fast. Now, with that, even with that being said, I I've known people who are just natural athletes. Mm-hmm. And they've never really grappled in their life, but I've wrestled with them and it's like, what the hell? You know, mm-hmm. someone was asking me to write a blog post about, uh, you know, no one style is better than others. And I'm like, well, actually, some styles are definitively better than others. It's mm-hmm. been proven. Um, but you have the size, you have skill, you have physical capabilities that will affect everything. Right. Um, I'm not a physical person. It may seem like that when, when I was training in the, in the, in the, uh, the seminar with you got with the instructor course, it's more just cause my mind clicks into the army mode and I go, but like against some, uh, there was a couple pro athletes there and it's like against those guys, mm-hmm. I'm nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And you have to know this about yourself. Right. Uh, I have this ongoing battle with pretty much everyone about positivity and I believe in that. I'm like, okay, but there's reality guys. Mm-hmm. And I know people don't like to hear that. It's like, okay, I'm five, six, 160 pounds. And I've never been an athlete. I know that because one I went through in the army, I cannot be athletic. So I have to be aware, like I would have to train every single day, all the time, like a pro athlete. And I still would not see the kind of results some of these guys do in like five minutes. Right. So when it comes to uh, self-defense, it's like, I think that's a super important aspect to realize. Like you can have all the skills in the world, but one of those monsters comes along, like you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and at that point, that's where it's the, who's willing to be more violent that wins the fight at, at that point usually. And sometimes you just, you're outgunned and it's like, well, well, you know, <laughs> what mm-hmm. do you think of all that? Uh, like the positivity and, and think whatnot, like believe in yourself and like David Goggins style. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I definitely relied. I still do. I mean, I, I definitely still rely uh, on my athleticism, which has definitely helped me like, especially when it comes to like boxing, which doesn't, you know, there is definitely a skill to boxing and a style to oh, yeah. boxing, but it's, you know, there's no, um, there's no katas in boxing. <laughs> you don't have to learn 10 katas and you, you, you know, there's, there's no ace as, you know, certain stances. There's, it's just, it's boxing, you know, there's Southpaw, um, yeah. and there's, you know, a few little tricks and stuff like that, but I relied my speed and my agility and my reaction. Cause I consider myself a pretty athletic person. Um, I, you know, played, I, I wanted to play sports in college injuries and the college I chose kept me from yeah. doing that. But it, it definitely like martial arts initially for me was not because I wanted to be able to fight somebody because I'd gotten in fights before I yeah. like really started to heavily go into martial arts. I never used any of the martial arts. I knew I punched <laughs> through elbows like you know i kept it simple and um and i did and i was fine and you know first time i went to a boxing ring i still did fine against a guy who did who'd been doing it for a lot longer purely because athletically i was that fit my skill set of athleticism better than you know if i got into a wrestling match with somebody because i was still using my feet and still using my hands which is what i did in sports so well i mean i think a good professional example of that would be the Conor Mayweather fight where it's like as a fighter it's Conor all day but his cardio was not where it needed to be and Floyd probably knew that and just wait 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, also the rule set of course with all the clinching (laughs) that went on in that fight 
Um, but it, the it, hammer fist to the back of the head. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, athleticism on its own is not the all all uh, end all be all. But if you have it, it's like you're you're a leg up. Now, if you you know the whole traditional mentality as well. I'd rather take a mediocre athlete with a good attitude uh, than a good athlete with a bad attitude. It's like, well, it depends on the situation as a coach, of course, because you don't want the shithead. They're annoying to deal with like the students who don't listen and screw around. They're really pain in the ass. But in a real fight, that athlete is going to turn it on. And it's like, uh, it's actually like, look at John Jones. That guy's a fucking clown in, in like in his day-to-day behavior, but mm-hmm. he's going to beat anyone every day you know, on the street. So it's like the perceptions of fighting and it's all, it's all over the place. Now, uh, does your boxing, uh, work well for your Krav? My, my boxing works well, works. And so this is what I will say is the best part of, about what boxing did for me. And, uh, when I was teaching classes uh, at Astor's dojo yeah. until all the shutdown, this is what I always harped on in every class and that's footwork. Yeah. and spacing and that's what i will say has contributed to my ability to perform krav maga in the best way possible especially when it comes to avoid um any uh, certain situations to reaction to certain situations because you know you don't necessarily especially since it's a self-defense martial art yeah. your first goal should not be to go inside on somebody and try to throw somebody especially <laughs> if you're a you know a five foot two girl you're yeah. you're like i understand martial arts work but if you're yeah. if it's a six foot three guy you might not want to run into him and try to throw him because that might not work well so i'd say boxing really really aside from striking because i believe anybody can learn how to strike and how to punch when it comes down to like you have to hit somebody i think it's the the footwork and the spacing and learning how to use how how much your body moves at a certain speed and how far you can cover at us in a certain time and i think that has been more valuable to me and my skill set than probably anything in kempo that i learned yeah well, it's, it's like, that's what I, I think boxing is more based in reality. And, and, you know, I, I'm not, I did a little bit of boxing under a uh, actual boxing coach, but you know, uh, that's something I emphasize when I do teach the boxing components, it's like, you got to move your feet. And from a crowd perspective, it's don't go to the ground. So if you're trying to fight and throw a punch, but you can't even keep your feet under you and move, you're screwed anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyone can throw a punch, as you said, but you're moving and punching, right? Connecting the, the upper body to the lower body is one of the hardest things, especially for, for people who sit in an office all day, right? <laughs> for those who don't know, counting by day, Kravis by night. So he, he's guilty of that, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> how, how does that dichotomy work? That like your coworkers think you're nuts? Or, or <laughs> so it's funny. We, uh, and you'll remember, we went to my office actually what? for the videos that we did during our, uh, when we watched those videos with Amit during the um, training for the- It's been so long. Yeah, it's been a long time. We did it. It was like the second or third day. And um, we went into my office there, but it was funny the first day uh, of the, of the course. And I, on my, on our lunch break, uh, cause I took the day off of work yeah. the Friday and the Monday. And I remember so, your office is like right, right around the corner, right next to the dojo. It's <laughs> awesome. actually. So I went there during um, my lunch break and this is right after we had just done some of the arrest techniques where Amit twisted my arm in ways it shouldn't twist um and still stay in its socket and uh i showed them the video of that and they're like what the fuck are you doing 
like, why are you doing this to yourself? I'm like, we, we still show the video of Jeff getting choked out unconscious sometimes. Too. Oh, that is such a, I haven't favored it on my phone. That is one of the best videos. I show people like whenever you watch a movie and you see like the person's like in some kind of rear naked choke and he's holding them there for like 20 seconds, 30 seconds of fighting. I'm like, if that's really in there, it's not that long of a fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's already over. <laughs> and, 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 you know, since then, Jeff is like, he's an athlete and a half. All he does is train, like, in the gym all the time, constantly. And he's now in the Canadian military, so he's training all the time. So it's like, to see a guy like that go down so fast, it's just, holy shit. Like, uh, it's a... It shows perspective is like, it's the willingness to be violent immediately that will win, right? Mm-hmm. That I always tell people hesitation is death. So techniques like that, obviously you need, it's basically like a front cross collar choke set up for those around you, like someone charges in, you get them front of the shirt, shirt, reverse it, turns into like a reverse cross collar choke, I guess, mm-hmm. drops, it just puts them out before they're down. However, you need high skill level to do the technique under duress with mm-hmm. someone like Amit and, and, and other people, it just like, they don't even care. Like the Israeli mentality is like, don't even care, right? Versus, I don't know what it's like for you. Like, I, I, I just can't be like that with my students. Like they will never come. <laughs> so that is, yeah. that's definitely a thing um, here. I think, and this is where it starts to get into the modern climate of California yeah. and you know, yeah. US in general. You know, worse than us. Yeah, right. I know. So it's one of those, here's what I will say. I think that people that come to Krav Maga specifically that look to come to, look for Krav Maga to come to specifically often expect a little bit of something more physical, at least in the, in the, in the students I've been with and been around, like I've been with a lot, I've trained with a lot of them for a while now. And I think it takes, catches people by surprise. I also think some of the women that come to our class, I think it's a little mo and this isn't to be like sexist by any means. It's women aren't used to being as physical as, as guys are. I mean, just in anything like when you're, when you're a 10 year old kid, you wrestle with your buddies, you, you know, you, you sword fight, you like are just more physical. And so I think that it's more, you're more likely to find a guy is more as used to that sort of thing, except except people that have done martial arts before. And that's the thing I found is interesting when you take some people that have done uh, Taekwondo or, um, and this is no disrespect to Taekwondo. They have the most vicious kicks there are. Um, and, and uh, Kempo karate, any other forms of karate um, and, you know, some Wing Chun or something. They're the most caught off guard by how physical the classes are. Yeah. And I was a little caught off guard by it myself because you don't expect your instructor to like wallop your ass yeah. in front of everybody to show you how to do and like huck you yeah. and then slam you into the ground. Like you don't expect that. And so it definitely is startling for some people, especially because they see it happen. Like, you know, Asher usually uses me whenever I'm at a, one of his classes, you know, he'll use me or Ron or somebody like that as an example. And people are always like, Oh my gosh, like now we have to do that to each other. And yeah. there's a, there's a, you know, people are timid and I understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I, whenever I've told like students classes that I've had is I, I always tell people that you need to have the, 
you need to have like the mental calm of you know a Wing Chun master, but you have to have the tenacity of a Krav Maga yeah. master. So, and because that's how it's going to be in the real world, you can't be calm and composed when you're fighting somebody. You have to go a hundred percent as hard as you can when yeah. you need to, and you, yeah. and there's, there's no other way to do it. So. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm Canadian is I don't go too hard in the class. Usually sometimes I do some techniques. It's like, I got to show it some, sometimes it, also it depends on my mood, which fluctuates greatly with all my <laughs> wonderful issues that I have. But where I, where I definitely push it is the tests like them. I, I'm going to say our tests are brutal. <laughs> I actually have a lot of students quit after the first test. So like, I'm not, I'm not doing anymore, but the ones who go through, which is bad for business, but I don't care because it's, it's, uh, the reality. It's like, if you're not prepared, if you do not understand violence in, in its forums, and, and I think actually that's part of what America's problem is right now is the lack of real understanding of violence. I mean, some people do and some people don't, uh, obviously you guys have it fun. Oh, I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, but there's definitely a softness. Like I was talking to my neighbor he's from Kenya and he was just saying, oh, yeah, I've seen people uh, put in a, like stacks of uh, what's it called? Tires and lit on fire and rolled down the road like crazy shit. And even to this day, like even the violence in North America is nothing. It's, it's nothing. And, and I know people are getting all pissy about what happened, which is, you know, there's grounds for it for sure. But it's like this is that was nothing, man. Like, I'm sorry, that wasn't that's nothing as far as as far as uh, uh, global real violence is. You know, I was watching uh, what's that new movie, The Tax Collector on Netflix. Have you watched it? The tax collector. I'm yeah, the tax collector. <laughs> you know, they're just pumping shit out. It was okay up until the end. And then you're just like, oh, come on. It's to do with like cartel wars. And oh. Some guy comes in like, uh, you know, this guy's a tax collector. He collects all the taxes for the cartel from all of LA. And then uh, another guy comes out of nowhere and it's like violence. And I was just saying to my girlfriend, like, yeah, you don't fuck with the cartels. Like they don't give a fuck who you are. They will fuck you up. And I'm like, I'm like the average North American gang does not have a clue of how to be violent compared to these people. <laughs> mm -hmm. And you know, it's the kind of thing it's like, I'm actually as aggressive as fuck as I am as a person. I'm actually, I do not fight if I do not, like I will not unless it's life or death um, because I know what can happen. Mm -hmm. And also I'm a smaller human being. Like I have to be objective reality. Like I, if I'm going to do that, I have to be vicious or else I risk injury to myself. So I'd rather not fight. Um, and I'm just like the average Canadian and American just has to really ask themselves if the world went to shit, could they be capable of such violence? And I think the answer is no for most of them. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be in, in big trouble if ever anything ever comes to that. People like you and me might be okay, but the average person is going to get a little, li little loopy. Mm -hmm. uh, I know up here, I'm in BC, Canada, which is really a very calm, peaceful place, even though people here will be like, it's dangerous, like, shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's fine. And uh, we had the toilet paper uh, wars here early on last, in, <laughs> last year. And I'm just like, what is wrong with people? This is ridiculous. So how was how it, you know, in California, like, how, how bad did shit get there? I mean, you guys have crazy, crazy stuff going on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it California is such an interesting place. Actually, this speaks to the just the 
size of you know the United States in general and California and obviously BC is quite a large place um which by the way Victoria is one of my favorite places I've ever visited really it's like old uh, people retirement home in I, I love like I was only there for two days to be fair <laughs> I was only there for two days I mean, it's beautiful <laughs> it's, it's the aquarium and stuff is great but I, I don't I could not live there <laughs> I, I didn't I was only like 19 when I went yeah. or eight, 18 or 19 so it was just a it was like a cruise that stopped yeah. there for two days but um I think that in California there's a it's weird because northern California and like where I, I I'm I'm in the northern half of California, like what's considered north northern California, but I'm not the northern part of California, not even close. And yeah. so the northern northern part of California versus more like where I am, like central northern. You mean the communist city. You're in the communist city. I, exactly. I'm close to San Francisco. I'm where all the, the commies are, I guess. But but um it there's such a and I'm I'm from the Central Valley, which is actually a very red area. Yeah. Very red Republican right wing area and so and then la is obviously back to being more blue again um yeah at least on their surface there's a lot more people that are more red than they think they are Uh, i think they're just cowards honestly that's all i got like exactly and there's an element to you know why people are cowardice which we'll get into later but um but uh i'd say in california there was a very mixed reaction to um the initial shutdowns, you know, you mentioned toilet paper. There is none here, yeah. none anywhere. Central, even no matter if it was a red area or a blue area, because my parents still live in the Central Valley, there's none. Couldn't get any anywhere. Yeah. Um, and same with where I am. It's funny though, because I think the reasoning for people getting stuff was different because people bought it in the Central Valley because they knew they were just like, oh, it's everybody else is buying it. We need to buy it. People yeah. here bought it out of fear. Yeah. And so, I think that speaks to just the different way it was looked at by people in different areas of the state in four plus areas of the state. There's four different reactions. Yeah. Which I, I'm having as a human being, I'm having like a crisis that's for the millionth time. It's like, I just, how dumb are our people? Like I'm seeing educated, educated human beings follow narratives. It's like, okay, I'm for science. Read the fucking papers. Like mm-hmm. follow the actual data. Nobody's following data about anything. They're just uh, listening to the experts, right? And it's like, okay, but like I had a guy tell me the other day, like, well, I'm not a scientist. I don't know anything about that. I'll just listen to them. I'm like, but they're not even practicing science. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. they're just saying shit. And, and, and you know, I got different groups of people. It's like either they genuinely don't understand the science and they're just like they they had their ego prevents them from admitting like i'm i don't understand they just like Mm -hmm. i'll just listen to that you get the other camp that's people that is like i went to school for 12 years Mm -hmm. i know what i'm talking about and and then you get everyone else in between who's just like trying to keep their heads down and it's like in the end nobody nobody wants truth anymore and nobody wants you know like if you've been fought, like I was not that concerned pretty early on because I can read the fucking data myself. I don't need someone to interpret it for me, mm-hmm. but good luck trying to tell people like, Hey, I, I, I don't think this is bad as is you're telling me. No, 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 it is. And I'm like, yeah, I understand a lot of people are dying, but this is, well, this is not like, People aren't dropping dead in the streets. Like, why is everyone freaking out? Mm-hmm. And then you see all the policies. Like, you guys had it bad. I would be pissed if I was an American in a democratic state because, oh, look, now that 
Biden's getting inaugurated. All the lockdowns are going to disappear. Oh, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> yeah. it'll, it'll be very interesting to see what happens with the lockdowns going forward, especially, I'd say, especially when you have Gavin Newsom's our governor here. And I, I'm that guy. I am not a fan of Gavin Newsom. I, and, and just a full disclosure of my political background, I, I register as a Republican. Yeah. I'm not a right Republican. I'm not a left Democrat. You I'm you're pretty a much, normal sane human I'm being. a <laughs> sane person who doesn't care who the fuck you want to marry, yeah. who you want to sleep with, what you want to do with your money. Yeah. Don't take too much of my money. You can take a little bit, but don't take too much of my money. Yeah. And don't tell me how to live my life and what I can and can't say if I'm not going out and calling people certain names. Yeah, I know, right? It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's how do you rectify that? Because like, I'm in the same boat. Like we don't have the Republican party up here. I, I, I vote right of center, not because I like the politicians. They're all shitheads. It's because I like less government. And I think based on evidence and data, less government or rather decentralized governments is really the best way to go. But the system is keeps trying to ram these centralized giant governments all over the place and it's only causing chaos. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, I, I, you know, I, again, as people like me, you and me are preparing for it, but like, I don't know about you people. I'm not too, too, I don't say anything too out in left field, although people will, will call it, say I do, but like, have you been having difficulties like saying, Hey, like reality check to people? Especially so, in California. <laughs> if you look and I'm sure you did, if you would have seen if, Okay, this is a longer story, but if yeah, you look sure. at like my uh, my Facebook during when the riots and protests started happening, which earlier, ones? Just for context, the BLM, BLM. Uh, Black Lives Matter uh, riots. Um, you can look at my Facebook post, and it's you know I come in at an angle for from defense of the police and not defense of killing innocent people, yeah. not defending that. It's more of the defense of just because something happened to a black man that was horrible does not mean that the cop had racist intentions, woke up that morning and wanted to kill a black person. Yeah. And the problem with having those kind of opinions and I do it as, and I started posting those, not could I give a shit what that people are going to be, minds are going to be changed by my post. They're not, I know they're not, I'm not a dumbass. I know they're not going to, I, at this point, I'm just instigating for the sake of instigating because people get pissed off when they see something they can't argue against. Yeah. And I'm also, I, I think people like you and I suffer too, uh, especially here. And I, and I can't speak for Canada. I would assume it's probably similar uh, different, but similar. And, and exactly. We are and uh, white men, yeah. right? And here, especially, you cannot have an opinion yeah. about anything race related if you're a white man. Ironic how it's a white man. Yeah. Right. And and you know what's funny too is when there's uh, when there's uh, uh, a black person that is saying the same thing I am. These white people that are disagree with him say he's wrong it's like but you're telling me that i can't have an opinion because it's against what you believe yeah but now you're saying the same that you're disagree saying this other person's out of touch yeah. or wrong yeah and because they disagree with you even though they're black it's like you can't have that argument and so it's hard to i found that it's hard to voice any opinion that's different because everything 
boils down to left and right now. And that goes with this, the coronavirus, yeah. with the handling of the lockdowns. It's, and the way you look at the science. And my dad's a scientist. He has a PhD in comparative pathology. He's got a DVM. I mean, this is, that's literally what he does for, what's for the, the, past what's the BBM, by the way, I'm not familiar. Doctor of Veterinary Medicine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. They're all over the place. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and so, and and he and he, you know, teaches paramedics. Um, yeah. And so he 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 knows science. I'm a very science based person. I went to college for it at first too. So, it, the thing is, is that you can basically depending on how you word what you say or what you believe, one side or the other will both say that you're. A sheep, wrong, whatever. Yeah, exactly. And and it's if you say that you think that the lockdowns are too strict, that's not me saying they shouldn't. We shouldn't be careful, but you know, thinking that the lockdowns are too strict and that our businesses are getting crushed right now, and the fact that we aren't in a massive recession right now is incredible. Oh, California fucked. Like, oh, especially especially when our pension runs uh, out. But, but but um yeah, and and I think that. If you say something about, again, even remotely against like the lockdowns, you're a right wing nutbag who doesn't believe in science. If you say remotely anything about pro like lockdowns and some safety measures, you're a sheep that, 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 that blindly follows. And I think that's the problem is that everything has to boil down to one of those two things, everything it's in, and it's like, I don't. I don't want a, an innocent black person to get killed. I don't want an innocent, any person to get killed. I don't, I think there is some racial tendencies and bias in some places in the country. I don't think it's overblown that people act like it is not even close, but I do think there are some issues and I don't think they're good. I think they're wrong. I think they're terrible, but I also don't think that the police force is completely racist here either. And I don't yeah. believe that a lot of incidents that have happened were racist incidents. either. Well, you like, know, it's funny you say, I was, I was looking into it a little bit and it's like, these incidents have not gone away in cities or perceived incidents, I should say, where they've actually diversified their police forces to the point, and LA is one of them, where it's actually like half to two thirds non-white people on the force. And yet these issues are still happening. You know, and I was listening to uh, a podcast. I don't like it as a fighter and the kid podcast. I used to love it, but then the whole Brian Callen, he got kicked off because of the, you know, the whatever. Um, and now he's uh, these two black comedians and they were, they were talking about actually they've had more negative experiences with black cops. And I'm like, this isn't a race issue. Like it's just not, it's, it's, it's very unfortunate and people keep making it a race issue. It's it's you can say that, like, I think what happened to blacks in America with slavery, not good. <laughs> I think that's pretty, pretty, pretty commonly accepted by ninety nine point nine nine percent of people. You know, America was a little later than uh, other Western countries to drop slavery and then all the Jim Crow laws and all that stuff. But it's like I look at this from a Jewish perspective. Nobody gave a fuck about us. And people still don't give a fuck about us. The thing that Jews did differently than a lot of other people, in spite of everyone shitting on us and killing us, we valued education and being better. Mm -hmm. And I'm not shitting on, 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 you know, blacks or anything. I'm just seeing like you're rejecting education. You're idolizing people who are proponents for violence. And you're calling anyone from your own community that, 
wants to do better for themselves, whatever that means, a trader or an Uncle Tom. And I'm like, I think there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can talk about what happened to you. And I understand you're angry about it, rightfully so. But what are you doing to make your, your lives better? And it was like when uh, what was it? I think it was Kevin Hart on Joe Rogan or something. And he was talking about uh, we need to teach black people financial literacy. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just yeah, like, it, was actually, Kevin Hart. It, it doesn't it just doesn't need to be black. People. It needs to be everyone. <laughs> like yeah. everyone needs financial literacy. Uh, like my girlfriend, you know how many white idiots there are here. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. I do most of their taxes. Yeah, I know, right? Idiots. <laughs> and, and my girlfriend's a financial planner. So she's helped me a little bit with my finances and, and just no one t- taught me this shit. Like, and I, I'm like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. And then it's like, uh, have you ever read the book anti-fragile by Nassim Taleb? I haven't. So amazing book. Like it just like he wrote it in 2000. He's the same guy who wrote the book Black Swan. I'm sure you know that one. I know that one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're an accountant. You should. Um, <laughs> this guy is brilliant because he's seeing the writing on the wall. He wrote this book in 2012. He's basically politely shitting on academics, scientists, uh, politicians and the system right that's entrenched in itself and and he's basically calling out and everything he was saying in this book in 2012 i'm like i'm watching this unfold in front of my eyes this year with he's not talking about the pandemic he's just talking about behavior and how systems react with top-down measures and they're not trying to fix anything right you know your weakest link if they say bring up your weakest link but what i see in western society is they're just making everyone dumber and they're pushing everyone down and nobody's getting the skills to get better. And, and, you know, I would say that police lack of police training is a huge problem and politics associated with a huge problem. And the public's lack of understanding about use of force is a huge problem, but guess what? We need to start bringing people up, right? If you want neighborhoods to get better, you need to make them better. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry, but in America, like, okay, I'll be fair. Let's take out petty drug crimes out of the thing because in America, the war on drugs is stupid and has put too many people in jail unnecessary. So let's take out petty drum crimes. Now, there is a connection between petty, like marijuana use in jail and violence, et cetera. Let's take that out. You are still going to see heavy violence in black communities in America. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know, of course, there's a correlation between the petty drugs and the drugs in general, et cetera. But they're still the most violent crime ridden places. And actually, if you saw in America places where they actually actively said defund the police, you saw black people saying, uh, no, we want the police because crime has gone up. Mm-hmm. Like, What the fuck do you think is going to happen uh, if no one's there to stop the violence? People who are OK with being violent are just going to do it. It's like it's the bully situation. And like this fundamental, like in anti-fragile, he's just talking about human behavior and systems. It's like, why are people everyone's obsessed with the wrong thing? It's like, is there a problem in America with uh, uh, the black community not having it as good as other people? It's like, uh, yes, that's a problem. But you're focusing on the wrong things to fix it, right? And mm-hmm. I, under Biden, they're going to just focus under the wrong things and keep focusing on the wrong things. And they're just going to piss everyone off and it's going to get crazy down there. I, what do you think of all, like everything I just said? So I think you hit... All three. Um, so, he, OK, so my my aunt and my uncle are both um, retired Oakland police officers mm-hmm. and recently retired like a year ago. 
retired and um, just in time. And they, uh, so you were, I think you're hundred percent right with those things you said that were the biggest issues is the perception of use of force. Um, what that means, how to be a cop, what it means to be in those situations. And also the police training, uh, is, the police training is an interesting one. And, and here's where, here's where I find the defund the police thing to be so interesting and ironic. And it's, I think there's, <laughs> there's the people that'll say like defund the police and they'll be like, what are you talking about? You can't defund the police. They're like, Oh no, no, I don't literally mean defund the police. I mean, I, I mean, you're supposed to not have them do as many things and not have to cover mental health issues. And I'm just like, okay, that's not, that's not what you're saying. And that's not what you mean either. And when it comes to police training, so here's an, and, and I'm sure you know this, but here in the, at least in California and in most police precincts that I've ever done research on and read about do not pay for their own officers, um, training. Mm. So if they want to go train in Krav Maga, for example, yeah. they have to pay for it out of pocket. Um, which I recommend they all do, but it is expensive. Yeah. And you know, just training in general, it costs money. They have a lot of enough families. It's hard to do all that stuff, um, on your own time, on your own time. So, that's I've always found that to be so interesting. We want them to have. We say that they're untrained, which most people that use those terms don't actually know what that means. Yeah. They don't know what kind of training they should get better. They think like, oh, that means you'll be able to shoot somebody in the leg that's running away from you after being stabbed have in the fun leg. With that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's not what that means. And but we don't want to. We want to defund the police, quote unquote, and they have to still pay for their own training. So it, it, there's a, there's a continuing system of you want to, you want them to train themselves better, but you don't want to pay for them to be trained. So they have to go do it themselves. But then if they go do that, then as soon as they shoot somebody, whether or not it was a justified shooting, the first thing it says on there, Oh, this person trained many hours after their work on their own time to learn a deadly martial art called Krav Maga. Yeah. You know, that's what pops up on the news. And that's why a lot of police forces no longer, a lot of um, departments don't let people use their own uh, weapon now. Yeah. They, they have to use their standard issue because it's a lot easier to say like it was their standard issue versus, oh, this person had a specially designed, you know, Beretta 92FS that you know, did this and that. So um, now but I, on that specific note, I have no problem with that as long as the officers are allowed to take their duty weapon and train with it on their own time. Cause in Canada, they're not allowed to do that. I see. I didn't know that here yeah. you are. You can yeah. carry it with you all the time if you want. Yeah. Well, they may be, I might get in trouble for that, but a lot of the times that they don't want to, cause they're like, I don't want to be responsible for that. Like, and I'm sure some, some place, it depends on the police force, I'm sure. But you know, there, there's some rules like that's, you know, I don't want to get too much of on a tangent, but when I, I find, we'll get back to, Remember what we were talking about, because yeah. I will forget. Um, I remember. One of the biggest issues I feel in humanity, like in Canada, I'm watching people look down and judge what's going on in America. And I'm like, you don't even know what the laws are there. In fact, you don't even know what the fucking laws are in this country. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I find like when I lived in Israel, people don't know shit 
about other countries or other cultures as much as they think they do. And it's not mm-hmm. even hard to figure this shit out. Like, you, you know, I'm sure you listen to Ben Shapiro. Like, you want to know from a legal perspective what the fuck is going on in the States? He'll tell you. He's a fucking lawyer. He's probably a really good lawyer. He knows the shit and he breaks down. What's Graduated Harvard with. Law. I mean, he can't be yeah. a full And I'm just like, you know. I won't. I don't want to go on a too much attention at the current impeachment, the second one. I'm like, what the fuck is the point? And he, he was saying some legal argument about like they can't even legally do it because they don't have the time. So what's the point? Like even if there's actually more grounds this time than last time, because that was mm-hmm. a whole bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like people's complete lack of understanding. Of it's a referendum on on people are people are treating like it's a referendum on the on his Republican base. Yeah. They, you yeah. know, they're saying, you know, you voted for Trump. So you allowed this to happen. Uh, we'll get to that because I, I, I do want your thoughts on that. Uh, but, but don't get too sidetracked. What mm-hmm. uh, back to the police thing we were talking about. I totally forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, beyond um, beyond the training, too. And I kind of mentioned like there's the there's the misunderstanding. That, oh, if the police train more, they're suddenly going to be able to do things that they couldn't do before. And that's not really how it works. There's a there's a public perception of what police should do in situations and it's and and it's mostly because people have no it's almost always because people have no clue what they're talking about and what being in a situation any situation writing a ticket for somebody pulling somebody over for speeding how dangerous that situation can be and i think that there's on top of that misunderstanding of how it should be, you know, people watch a lot of movies. That's the biggest thing is I think a lot of people here. (laughs) Well, exactly. And people, it's just like we were saying before with why people here have a misunderstanding of martial arts and they're surprised when it's, you know, more physical going to Krav Maga. It's because they watch movies where somebody gets punched in the face like hard multiple times and they keep fighting. Uh, yeah. That doesn't happen. If I hit you in the face four times without you blocking it, you are not going to get up <laughs> again. If I hit you with I my mean, bare knuckles. People might, but the average person will. The average person that's not on PCP or, 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 or just has the jaw of jaws and <laughs> that you're, you know, people get bopped in the face with a glove on and they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm questioning every decision I've made for the past year. So, um, but anyway, the, I think that the problem that people have is that they always look at things from hindsight's perspective, which is a good perspective because you can see more, but unfortunately now you can tear apart the reasoning for somebody acting as an officer acting a certain way. Yeah. And, a perfect example of that would be, um, I, I completely just blanked on his name. The guy who was shot seven times in the back in, um, when he, uh, he, they, the police responded to a domestic abuse uh, call Eric something or yeah, he's alive. He, he just, he yeah, just okay, left yeah, the hospital. Yeah. Stuff on that. Yeah. That, and that that's same, a whole, the same podcast to a fighter and the kid, the two black, they're like, Oh, I, you, you should understand baby mama drama. And I, I'm just like, and, and Brendan Shaw, who's the guy who was like, yeah, but he, dude, you shouldn't have been in that situation. If you care about your kids. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like funny. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he, she had a restraining order against him. Yeah. She called the police that she called the police on him. And in the hindsight of that, all right, so we'll just rewind. The first thing you hear is like, oh, they shot an unarmed person in the back seven times. Wasn't like, it 17 or was it seven? I thought yeah. it was seven, but it, regardless, it was regardless, it was a lot. Um, and 
and I, and the first, and, and I understand that the first thing you hear, you're like, Oh my God, in the back seven times, they make it sound like it was an execution. Yeah. And my first instinct is why that's what I always ask myself or try to ask about the situation is why would a cop do that? Cause I refuse because there's no evidence of it anymore, at least that I, I, I fundamentally just fundamentally, Oh my gosh, I completely blanked on my words. Fundamentally, uh, fundamentally <laughs> lost my words, but um, disagree that police are, they're brutal and they want to go hurt people and they will just shoot somebody in the back seven or 17 times in execution style because they are black. And I will, and I will never, ever, ever be proven wrong. I don't believe about that. <laughs> you might have one officer out of a debt of 10,000, but, but anyway, so in this situation, you have this person that was shot in the back seven times that was unarmed. This key word that you hear a lot, you hear unarmed all the time. And like that makes somebody less dangerous. Uh, And then you watch the video and you see the the officer pulling on his shirt and he's, you know, from me to a wall, me, me to this wall in front of me's distance. And then he shoots the guy seven times because the guy wasn't stopping. Yeah. Then you find out months later, there was a knife on the floor. Yeah. Actually, he had a knife in his hand. Yeah. And, and then you hear the audio of the cop calling at him to stop, stop, stop multiple yeah. times. And then you find out that his that, that he was supposed to be breaking up a fight. That's what everybody said. He was a good man that was breaking up the fight, uh, breaking up a fight between his the mother of his his child and uh, some other woman or it was his, I don't know, girlfriend or old girlfriend or something. And it's like, well, actually, no, he, she had a restraining order against him because of domestic abuse issues. And she called the police when he was there. Yeah. And that's what happened. And so that's why the police arrive, not knowing what kind of situation they're walking into. They just know they have. Somebody. Well, they know because not specifically, but they can check his rap sheet. Well, ex- exactly. So they know, up. they know a few things, right? They know he has a restraining order against this woman. He still showed up there. She's calling cause she's scared and he has a history and he had a history of domestic abuse or I forget exactly what it was. I don't want to be incorrect by saying that, but it was something along those lines, which is why the restraining order was, um, why she got a restraining order. And so when you show up there now, and now this person's not listening to you and now he's going for a knife, you don't know what he's going for specifically. And then you find he's going for a knife. You're not going to find out and see if he's actually going to use it on you or not, especially when you're a foot and a half away from the person, because your job is to get home at the end of the day. Yeah. And that's the problem I think is, and that's why police have, and I just blanked on the term when you, they're, it's like they're allowed to make some mistakes without um, being charged for those mistakes and going to prison for those, for like a mistake, if that makes sense. Yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, it's like uh, paramedics that unless they're negligent. Right. It's a protection against that. Yeah. Cause you don't want a cop to be like second guessing his, let him protecting himself. Cause that's how he ends up dying. Yeah. Yeah. And there was that one cop that let himself get beat up by a black guy because he didn't want video to come out saying he was being, it's like, Mm-hmm. You need to get off the force now. Like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like you can't even protect yourself. Uh, you're, you're done now. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's like, I often ask people like the, the George Floyd thing. I'm like, you watch the whole video. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The cop killed him. I'm like, you know what? Multiple coroner reports said he died of, including the family's private coroner that the cop killed him. It's like, no, massive drug overdose. He might have died even if the cop didn't even show up. Like, what are you fucking talking? And they're like, oh, 
are, are you sure about that? I'm like multiple, including private car. <laughs> and while the, uh, uh, I mean, that cop is not, doesn't have a good clean record. So he's not a good person. Aside, that incident aside. Um, but I watched that video and I'm like, well, I mean, he shouldn't have kept his knee on his neck that long, given that he, for the most part at that point was compliant and he was clearly having a fucking panic attack. Well, now that we know it's a fentanyl panic attack, mm-hmm. um, that part it's like, okay, it's a little excessive, but he might've died even if the cop didn't show up. Mm-hmm. And that's the part people are missing. And I saw, I, I don't want to name names because I'm getting mad people that, uh, that I would respect being like, how dare, like in the martial arts community saying, how dare they, that is excessive force. I'm like, why are you saying that? Like they're like, never use the neon neck technique. I'm like, why it works. Now, Mm -hmm. obviously if someone's on PCP and is clearly going to break their own neck, trying to get out of it, you let it go. But most of the time that's not the case. And it's going to stop people. Like my example is, a long time ago, I was not as good as I am now. I was very drunk at a party. Very drunk. I use this example all the time. This girl who must have been like 90 pounds was just like, turns out she had been sober for a while and she decided tonight's the night I'm not going to be sober. <laughs> so you can imagine how this went. And I, uh, the boyfriend of the host of the house, or was the host, and he like uh, dealt with her. And then she came back and started throwing beer bottles. I'm like, oh, okay, I got to do something. And I ended up with neon neck. I was there for 20 minutes. I'm drunk. She was fine. That's mm-hmm. what training does for you. Uh, basically, you know, she'd start trying to hit me. I put a little pressure. She'd fall asleep, but I know you release the pressure. She'd wake up, calm down, start swinging again, put the pressure, fall asleep, wake up, right? And if I can do that drunk, why can't police officers do it? It's that they don't get the training that allows them. Like I have, I've had students go through uh, police training and come to me like, I can never handcuff people who are resisting. It's like, well, what are they teaching you? It's like wrist locks. I'm like, wrist locks, they're not going to fucking work on someone going crazy. You know, when they do work, when you put your knee on their neck and then they goddamn comply because it's multiple components. You break down their structure. You've got their alignment. You have their spinal column can control. And then you put the pain compliance on and then it's going to work. If you don't have full control, pain compliance on a resisting person is never going to work. And that's why police have so much trouble handcuffing people who are resisting because you can't handcuff them till you have them under control. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the skills and the training, you're not going to get them under control. You see this all the time on YouTube of police with much bigger people, and they just do not have the skill set to manage a larger person. Against someone larger and on PCP, okay, maybe you need two, three cops just because it's biology. But in most cases, you one cop should be sufficient with a secondary just to help out. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like people don't get it's that lack of training. But they see that five-minute video of uh, of the knee on the neck and, and the media spinning and all this. And, and, you know, metaphorically, I hope CNN burns in hell now that Trump's not president because they're going to lose all their people. No one's going to want to watch those dickheads anymore because mm-hmm. um, they – how the media hasn't, no one's gone after them actively for inflaming, like uh, they're the Any situation that's beyond, in the past four years. Beyond reason, like they're inflaming everything, mm-hmm. right? And I, well, I, you know, 
let me let me say a couple yeah. things before we keep going because no, I want to go right. down that road too. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait a second. So, um, there's uh, I think two really important things that um, you that one you mentioned and one is exactly what you were is exactly the same thing and you and I you know more than I do about this but I know of a, a decent amount about um you know arrest protocol yeah. uh and especially from training and just experiencing it before i've been handcuffed once i, I was let go because it wasn't me that actually did anything but, um, but but i uh um there is a fundamental misunderstanding of situations um and how the human body reacts to certain things because they see, oh, knee on neck, that means he can't breathe. Well, I've had a knee on my neck for a while and I actually can breathe. Yeah. It depends on, how, you know, there's other circumstances, but it just because there's a knee on the back of my neck does not mean I can't breathe. I don't breathe out of the back of my neck. So it's okay if there's something right there. Um, and so it's the reaction to things that people don't really understand because they have that visual reaction of seeing a five minute video and media portrayal of it and because it's a white person and a black person as the victim. Um, there's a, there's a, an, an immediate reaction that a visceral reaction that people have to it without knowing what they're talking about. And more importantly, they, without knowing the full story. And that's the other part you said a five minute video, right? That's the first thing we saw. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing, biggest issue with any video that you're ever going to see on the media, um, from the media on Facebook, any video you're going to see 99 times out of a hundred, you're never going to see what happened before it started. Yeah. And so that's the, because I don't film me having a conversation with this person or two random people having a conversation. I film once they start wailing on each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't world do that. But <laughs> I, I usually join, but yeah, world star. Exactly. And that's what, that's the other problem too, is you see what happened leading up to it. And the case of George Floyd, which is a tragedy. I don't believe he deserved to die from any of this stuff. And but I also don't believe that the police showing up is necessarily what caused him to die. Yeah, and if you watch and, the whole video, they're actually being very polite with him for a extremely long time. Polite. And they already had him handcuffed once and he got up again. Yeah. And so, and that's the, and, and this is something I spoke to my aunt about. And she, like, people seem to think that, oh, if you think that it was not just her, but if you don't think it was an act of racism, you're a horrible person. That's not true at all. My aunt's one of the nicest human beings I know. And she's a cop in Oakland. She, in East Oakland was where she was most times. She's Uncut. the only white person that was yeah. there. <laughs> and um, she was saying, she's like, you can't just lift up off of somebody. She, now, he was on the back of his neck for too long. Yeah. I'm 100% recognizing that. Yeah. But you don't just let up off of somebody because they're saying... I'm uncomfortable or I can't breathe in something because you can't just let up off of that because you don't know what that person's going to do. Yeah. There are ways you can do certain things to make it more safe for yourself and those around you and the person that you're arresting, but you can't just, because they say something like that doesn't mean that you instantly just let up and then make sure they're okay. Yeah. So they're, they're, you, there's, well, you have to protect yourself. A good it's, example of that was the, where was what? Georgia, the the Wendy's the one guy yeah. who was killed in front of the mar the the marketplace that was right there and with the and he was saying I can't breathe I can't breathe no can't it breathe. was a Wendy I think it was a Wendy's which ended up getting burned down by BLM people like a few weeks later or something it's like um but if you watch the video they were just about to get the second handcuff on 
and they are, they must, and you can see the police, they clearly don't know how to restrain someone physically. And then that was the moment he just exploded up, mm-hmm. grabbed the one guy's taser, shot at the cops. And then the other cop shot him. The police oh, chief, oh, that was yeah. in, that was in um, Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta. Georgia, yeah. The police chief was black. Mm-hmm. And he had to end up, they all, they all got thrown under the bus. It's like, no, that guy. He pointed the taser at one yeah. of the cops and then they're, and, and then they're saying like, they shouldn't have shot him. It was a non-lethal weapon. Well, how can we refer to that? Yeah. I can find the same article from the same news source saying, you know, a year ago when they tased a pregnant person yeah. that, oh, it, they, it, they attacked the person with a deadly weapon. Oh, so it's a convenient how it's a deadly weapon when you want it to be, but yeah, it's not and, when you don't want it to be. And uh, yeah. And then uh, I don't know how long it'll go later. The Wendy's got burned down because mm-hmm. people were upset that they called the cops in the first place. And they're like, dude, the guy was drunk, passed out in the drive-through. What the fuck do you think they're going to like, what world do you, I'm not even talking. Oh, he had a drink. The guy was drunk as fuck passed out mm-hmm. in the drive. Like, of course they called the cops. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then he reacted poorly. And then the, the BLM people burned down that Wendy's because they called the cops. Like what is fucking wrong with people? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that, that this it's, it's okay. If it's the other person, like, you know, switching gears, like the woman who got shot uh, in the Capitol protest. Mm-hmm. Right now I'm watching that video and I cannot believe even conservative media. That's like, we don't have enough data to make a statement, but I'm like, dude, that's a fucking video. If this had been, if that had been a black person, you'd be all over this. And, mm-hmm. and my comment about that after watching the video was that, well, first of all, and I'll talk about the security issue for a second. These people should not have been able to get in the building. But under no circumstances, at least in that immediate second, were those guards at threat, life or death. They were not. They were behind a barricaded door, poorly barricaded, but barricaded. There was no indication that that, that door was about to give. Mm-hmm. And yes, she was trying to climb up to where? Where is she trying to climb up? They shot her through the window at point blank. If that had been a black person, they would have made, and this is a totally legitimate argument, that they were not an immediate threat to life or death. All they had to do is make sure the door was closed. They could fire warning shots to Mm -hmm. scare them off. They did not. He shot her point blank through a secure, at least at that time it was secure, through a window, right? Mm -hmm. Now, my understanding that officer got let go or relieved immediately Right. Because I don't believe that was a clean kill. Uh, people be like, oh, they're panicking. They're panicking. They're panicking. It's like if that had been a black person, you would have been saying the same thing, that they were not an immediate threat, which they were not. While the situation was uh, obviously not great. Mm-hmm. Now, on that, my, my question and every single one of the heads of security at all levels all lost their jobs immediately as they should, because the question is. Whose bright idea was it not to increase security? Like what planet not are to you have any riot gear or, or mass riot suppression weapons there? That's like, that's the problem. We never expected this to happen. And it's like, yeah, you did. You have to expect it to happen. That's your job is to expect that to happen. Not only that, and, it's like you knew, even if it was peaceful protest, you knew it was coming. <laughs> You always increase security when you have that amount of people mass on mass. You always like what world are these? The only thing I can think of. Now, here's the thing. If it turns out, let's say Trump said no security, no increased security. Yeah, he's in big trouble. I don't think it was him personally. I think it was a lot of people. From my understanding, it was 
DC mayor didn't want, they didn't like the bad optics. The security didn't, they said no because they didn't want it. And it's just a whole bunch of people said, no, it's like you all completely fucked up. And Mm -hmm. I think they did it on purpose. Some of them for political means so that this bullshit could happen. And it's like, those guys should never get work ever again in the security field Mm because that's an obvious call. You knew this was going to happen. And the people got in the building. That's my, my first thought is like, Someone sent, I was driving, someone sent me a text and it's like, have you seen this? I'm like, what? Like, oh, they broke in the Capitol. And I'm like, oh, what do you mean? Like, where's the security? Like, it's like, I'm like, I, I like, I remember asking them like, like, he's like, oh, it's crazy. They're, and I'm like, huh, where's, it's like, so they got in the building. Like, are they fighting with the car? He's like, I don't think so. There's no security. I was like, like to me, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and then once the National Guard, what people aren't saying, once the National Guard came in, they kicked the shit out of those people. Like, I saw a bunch of photos that they kicked the shit out of them. It was, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. I enjoyed those videos. And yeah. I'm just like, you know, they deserved it. But had that been black people or BLM, they'd be saying police brutality. And it's like, you were saying that this is somehow a double standard. It's like, well, had there been police there from the start, and had the National Guard been there from the start, which probably was the right call, I'm pretty sure they would have been kicking the shit out of them from the start. Mm-hmm. And then it was not, it's not about race. It's if you go up against, uh, what is that? Uniformed officers on a mass situation, I'm sorry, they're kicking the shit out of you. Because mm-hmm. the only option they have other than that is running away. And just, in, in a situation like the Capitol, it's like, you can't, you can't run away guys you, mm-hmm. in that specific case. Like if you're at a street brawl, that's a totally different story. But if you're like, that's your line, you hold the line guys, this is really our <laughs> that's job. Your line. Yeah. You can't run away. And there's a certain point in those. I know people give shit at like, uh, I was in the army at the time, but the, the famous Vancouver Canucks, right? You remember mm-hmm. that one? Oh yeah. And the police got criticized for backing off. And it was like, no, they did the right thing. It's like 200,000 people and like, I don't know, 50, 100 cops that are not properly equipped. Mm-hmm. They backed off. It was the right, the public lost their shit. I'm like, no, that was the right thing to do because 100%. they will be shooting people for sure. So, they <laughs> engaged. It, now that that's was the, exactly what yeah. I was going to get to. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, no. And that's a situation was that totally warranted. But in a situation like the Capitol, it's like, this is a little bit of a different scenario. You already know there's a group of people uh, that are violent. There have already been death threats. You you basically need to protect these old fucking people who can't defend themselves anyway. <laughs> um, and as people's memes and stuff got censored on uh, for saying uh, they showed a picture of all the uh, politicians cowering behind the benches saying, and these are the people who are going to talk to us about use of force, which is a total valid point. Um, Nobody got into that chamber until the politicians were already cleared of it. And mm-hmm. people seemed confused of that. You know, they basically let them in at that point, I think. So, mm-hmm. What do you, as the American. So that was, first off, that was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Like just, just as, just as a concept, it was one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, there's a, so I will, I will say, I'll start off by saying this. I do not like, Donald Trump. Yeah. I don't. Um, I don't think he follows conservative views. I think he pretends to. Um, I think he. I think he's part of the reason there's a climate. There's such an uh, angry climate against 
against your own people. Yeah. Um, not the sole reason, not even close to the sole reason, but I do think he is one of the louder reasons. Well, it's always, it's always the, <laughs> <laughs> it's always the louder people to, in my opinion, that are, it's always the stupid people that are the loudest or, or the, or the people that it's like the far left. They're always the fucking loudest. The ones that are trying to, to cancel culture, everybody. And anyway, anyway, uh, just to stay on track. So I, I don't, I don't like Donald Trump. Um, but I don't, when, when this whole thing happened, it, the first thing in my head wasn't, oh, it's because they're white that they weren't killed. I, I think, or, or, or there wasn't a stronger reaction to them. And I think this, the problem, like you said, it stems not from how the cops reacted to it. It stems from the preparation for the protest, what peaceful or not, because there's no, I don't give a shit what race color somebody is in the, what protest is what they're protesting if they're storming if, if storming if they're if they're pushing their way into the capitol building and you There's have an the small john <laughs> you, you you're not going to pull your pistols out which is the only weapons you have and just yeah. start shooting people yeah. lethal force that's how you have tiananmen square in, yeah. you know, in, in washington dc and you don't do that you can't do that because because of the time i understand that you you can't let people into the capital but you also can't just start shooting people that are pushing their way past you so there's a i i i don't blame the officers that were there for most of them there are obviously some didn't react well i.e the one that shot the woman through the window I, I i don't think that they reacted badly with how they handled it i think they were extremely under i mean extremely grossly underprepared for what it was. And, and I mean, you, that's why you have riot suppression weapons. That's specifically why you have stuff like that. And you can't just, you can't just bring that in after two and a half, three and a half hours after they've already been taking over the, the, the Capitol building and people are sitting in Mike Pence's chair. Like you, you, you can't do that. And then, I think that the reaction or the reaction to uh, the reaction by the media, like your Fox news, your CNN, I listened to both. Actually, I watched both of them because it was on for so long. I watched both of them for like an hour each at least. I wanted to hear how both of them were interpreting it because it's I I find it so funny how they both. I I can't interpret the same thing, you know, American news because it's just so. It's so phony and that's what I can't stand. It's so phony. And, and that's what, that's what bugs me the most. It's like, and to me, in, in, in my opinion, every single one of those people that was involved in taking over the Capitol building, they deserve to go to jail for it. They deserve they to have every, and, and they will. And exactly. And I don't have any sympathy for them. I think that's exactly the consequence that should happen. There's one thing that if you are going to stage an insurrection, it's not a coup. People need to shut the fuck up about it. It's not a goddamn coup. A coup is with a military force. (laughs) To try to get a coup was actually fucking Nancy Pelosi, that psycho who basically told the military to ignore Trump. And they said, no, that's a coup. We're not doing Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And and that's the, that's the problem that I have is in, with a situation like this and it just exemplifies the a much broader issue and i mean i think everything that happened with those pro that riot was just beyond disgusting beyond outrageous i Ooh. cannot believe it just happened yeah because i was gonna say if you're gonna do an insurrection you better do it right because if you don't 
Nowadays, you're going to jail. A hundred years ago, you're shot in the head. So, exactly. You're um, executed if you do it beforehand. Uh, <laughs> exactly. And I have, I have no problem with those people going to jail, et cetera. Uh, my problem is how were the same level of violence rioters on the whole last year handled? And most of them were bailed out despite doing like a billion dollars of damage from what I understand over the whole year. And I'm sure it was at least that much money and 15 people or 14 to 15 people dying more during than, it, not by police either, yeah. mind you. So, and I just find like the lack of, this isn't even specific to politics. I would say this is a human thing. And I struggle with this because, you know, people think I'm a dick, but I'm like, at least I keep consistent. Like, mm-hmm. Consistent with what I do and say. You can think I'm a piece of shit all you want, mm-hmm. but I'm consistent. And it's the hardest thing for humans to be consistent. You know, the us versus them phenomenon is so ingrained in people that they have this cognitive. I've I've seen people do this. It's not, you know, they had tough lives and stuff, but you you catch them with whatever bullshit they're doing, and it's just like their brain like short circuits, and they're like, no, I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like a two-year-old. Like, did you eat the cookie? No, and it's still in their hand. You know, yeah, exactly. That, like, a fucking adults are doing this when it's affecting mil- billions of people. It's like, stop your your bullshit. Like, you're not applying your standards equally, and that the media, uh, you know, Donald Trump's rhetoric, uh, and that double standard which is there the people who deny it are uh, you're either lying yourself or you're crazy that there is no double standard going on here and it's like that's what's driving the in the wedge because right now i mean in america mo- like so the capital thing i would say the mo- actually i forgot the moment i heard it's like how many people are there like oh i don't know 50 70 thousand dollars i'm like oh yeah donald trump's done if there had been 10 million people there very even a million that was a very different very different story and i'm like this has been something i've been hearing is that most people center center right and i'm seeing this here too is people just i can't be bothered i don't want to deal with this shit, right but what happens uh when the double standard keeps going and going and you're starting to see the censorship and you're it's getting bad like when angela merkel who hates trump hates him Hey, saying like, she, she shouldn't have been banned from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, you should not have banned him off of social media. And the Mexican president is mm-hmm. saying this. And we're like, whoa, what are you doing? I mean, I believe they're doing it because they fear big tech has more power than them. Not because they are supporting free speech. I actually think it's different. But it's just like, what do you think is going to happen if the left in America specifically, but in other places, starts going Nazi-ish? Yeah, silencing opposing views. Like, what do you think is going to happen now? The people who are are not getting off their couches are going to get off their couches. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my fear. I have, and to this guy, if you ever listen to my podcast, he will not fuck you. You're an asshole. He he write he served in the IDF, not the same specific unit, but the same uh, regiment as me. And he writes for mainstream media. And. He's one of these Jews that is like Donald Trump is an anti-Semite. He's a racist. And I'm like, okay, he's a dick. He's a narcissist. I don't see anti-Semite. I don't see racist. I think he's a narcissistic opportunist. And I understand why people think he's a piece of shit. And they'll equate the fact that white supremacists support him, which is a fucking problem. But guess what? They vote Republican anyway. 
Mm-hmm. Now, they could have voted for him. And if the media had ignored these fuckers, the white supremacists, and they are fuckers, nobody would have given a shit. So here's this guy who's a Jew, served in the IDF, who's really left-wing, and he's using language on Facebook like cleanse with regards to Republicans. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, who sounds more like Hitler? You, who is using the language of fucking Hitler, or some dumbass who had a shitty life and believes dumb shit because he's mad that he thinks the election was rigged. Who sounds more like a Nazi? Mm-hmm. And I'm seeing more Nazi and like AOC with her, we need lists of people mm-hmm. to be re-educated. I'm like, this is literally Hitlerian language. Johan mm-hmm. Omar and those wonderful. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, yes. You know, I had a wake up call. You know who uh, Dan Carlin is? Uh-huh. Yeah. I love the guy. I wish he put out more podcasts. He just he doesn't. But he said something. It's almost like this naivety. He said something a long time ago. I forgot. Years ago, I was listening to his podcast and he said, um, I didn't know there was still racism in America. Donald Trump is causing this racism. No, he's not. It never went anywhere. It's that people like Dan Carlin and the academics sit in places where they're generally not racist mm-hmm. never go anywhere where people are racist exactly and it's the belief that because all these people thought racism had died for some weird reason and then all of a sudden started being brought up in the media and look everything's a race issue which is ridiculous because um, making everything a race issue is actually racism <laughs> I think mm-hmm. versus let's fix the problems guys, which is usually socioeconomic and educational. And that's been pretty consistent in a lot of the data. It's like, just because you didn't understand the world because you didn't get out of your fucking bubble doesn't mean it's what you think it is right now. I had this like, Oh, they just didn't understand that people were still racist because they're not around them. Or, you know, for example, the infamous grab them by the pussy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Calm, uh, statement and I heard a lot of people who talks like that like how dare who what kind of person talks like that I'm like uh, I can name 10 people off the top of my head that talk like that mm-hmm. like, nobody I know talks like that I'm like I can name 20 people that talk like that mm-hmm. make them bad like you know you can think what you want about Trump all you want but it's like people have these ideas that are based on their little bubble world about how people talk and behave and, and, and my thing is like, can we please stop lying? This is all cultures, by the way, because mm-hmm. like my girlfriend's Chinese and, you know, I grew, grew up in a very, Vancouver is actually very Chinese, a lot of uh, Indians from India. So it's very different here. And it's like, dude, they're all racist with each other. Okay. First of all, and it's like, we need to stop lying about humans. You know, people say it's like the human factor or whatever, but we, and particularly conservatives in America, I'm going to shit on them a lot. It's about we're Puritan. We're, it's like, no, we're not. Like, we're animals. And if we keep pretending that humans are this, you're going to just do window dressing and we're not going to be able to fix the problems. We need to admit publicly and openly we're still a fucked up species. Mm-hmm. And not just on like buzzword issues like environment and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's got to acknowledge that humans are flawed. Humans are violent. People talk like that. There is still racism in all cultures. 
if we're honest about who humans are, I think that's the first step. <laughs> admit you have an addiction, admit you have a problem, and then you can fix it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like, certainly the media is not doing that. And our politicians are not doing that. You can see it, how they're handling COVID. They're not being honest about anything. You can, you know, talk about the morals of why they made the decisions that do. And I'm just like, no, you're all lying as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw my piece about the... Uh, <laughs> Every single Western government failed because you know what none of them did is, oh, we have a pandemic. Where's our pandemic plans that we wrote after SARS in 2003? Let's follow those. No, they decided to ignore it all and then politicize everything. And now we're in this clusterfuck. Mm-hmm. They lied and now they're gaslighting. They, someone got mad at me for saying that. I'm like, no, they, they, are, they are gaslighting. Everyone, every Western government is gaslighting. There's no other way to put it because they didn't follow it. Because they're lying about the what really happen we screwed up we didn't follow our plans our bad let's fix this humans people are violent people lie people cheat can we work off of that fact and this is why i have that issue with the the whole positive and think positive uh you read jocko willinks and uh, all that stuff Mm -hmm. like uh what's it called extreme ownership so you know what i'm talking about like it's not Mm -hmm. uh so one of my issues with jocko's writing is similar to I have an issue uh, Startup Nation about Israel. You ever read that book? Uh-uh. So Startup Nation is a book about Israel saying how Israel is so innovative and blah, 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 because of our army. It's like you're, if you take the best people in your country, which they do and streamline into their special forces, give them physical skills, teach them confidence. Of course, they're going to do stuff with it. You literally took the best people you have and, and, and made them confidence. Uh, Jocko's whole uh, extreme ownership, which he admits good for him that that title was a problem. Extreme um, so that's a good thing. It's like, okay, if I go into a corporation and I take ownership for myself and nobody else is, which is quite common, or I, I'm a politician and I go into an organization and nobody's taking ownership except for me, you know what almost always happens? You go crazy. <laughs> and then, well, he'll be like, oh, the ownership's on you, then you quit. It's like, okay, but this is, this is the problem here. This is a system problem, <clears throat> is that the system doesn't give a fuck about ownership. Because I truly believe that altruism is a myth. Ultimately, when things get down to it, people are doing stuff for themselves. And I can see this here. Like our lockdowns haven't been too bad. I mean, we're closed martial arts studios um, because because we say so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was talking to the community in this chat group. So I'm like, guys, you, you, most of you, there's a few people who are just naive fools who don't understand anything, apparently. Nice people. I, I resent the fact that they're just like, oh, they, they know what they're doing. But a lot of the people are like, I agree, John. The government is completely wrong on this. And I'm like, we need to, as a group, stand up publicly. I don't want to do that. Why not? Because I just need to take care of myself and my students. And I'm like, this is the fucking problem. You want to know why everything is going crazy? Because everyone only cares about themselves and their immediate needs. And anyone who tries to do anything meaningful you go crazy because you're just up against all these people who are lying about humanity and, and how we are. Like, again, as I was saying, like the neighbor talking about Kenya or Africa, you want to talk about racism, South Africa. Hmm. That's an odd turn of event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Um, and it, it, people just not being honest. And a lot of it is because a lot of people are misinformed. A lot of people's egos don't let them admit, listen, I'm not that smart. I don't understand this stuff. That would go a long way. That's okay, dude. We can work with that. 
But if you're like, yeah, I got this, and you start running your mouth like AOC in America or in Canada, our uh, lovely prime minister, who's a fool, uh, hopefully he's going to get kicked out of office soon. Um, but it's just like the lack of honesty in humanity, I think, is is the, the biggest problem. And I'm not, I'm not against like white lies. I'm not like a Sam Harris with his insane Puritan view on lying. But it's like, let's, let's be real realistic about who we are as a species. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, (laughs) no, that's okay. So uh, I'm going to jog back just for a sec, just because there's a few things that you had said. That's I was writing them down as we were talking so I can keep my way too many thoughts controlled. Yeah, no, I just have to like, I can't even read my own writing. So I don't know why I bother writing it down. But um, so uh, just to jog back to the double standard um, that you mentioned before. And again, this relates to kind of what I was saying earlier. And you were saying like, I feel like everything boils down, unfortunately, everything boils down to left or right, not actually, but that's the way the masses perceive things. It boils down to the left or to the right. In America. And, it, well, yeah, right. I, I'm speaking for here specifically. I can't, I, I, uh, I've been to a lot of countries and I have a lot of friends in a lot of countries, but I, I don't, I probably should pay more attention to more global politics than I do. But, um, but the U.S. politics is just so fascinating lately. Um, but, but um, so uh, the double standard is an interesting concept, and this is something that I've kind of wrestled with myself because there's there's a double standard, like you said, by you see the media double standard with the with the um, the protests and the riots and how they talk about them versus how they talk about the the protests and the riots that were arguably way more destructive and more and arguably. more violent and um it was in, in the same amount of time yeah. obviously that that protest and riot was much smaller and it was over much quicker but <laughs> but which i mean it's very hypocritical i tend to find that i'm someone who I, I i'm not hypocritical when i call out the protesters and the rioters of uh of the at the capitol building because i also called out the protesters and the rioters beforehand and so i don't like that's kind of how i view and i'm not like a holier than now person but i don't have a double standard when it comes to that stuff because i call everybody out on their bullshit i don't care who the hell you are on what side you're on if you're full of shit you're full of shit i have people friends like messaging me on facebook and like my best friend for years who uh he, he asked me like a, like a month ago he's like dude, what political party are you? Yeah. And I'm, like, and I'm like, that's the point. I'm not, I don't care. It does not matter to me. If I like somebody on the left, I will vote for somebody on the left. If I like somebody on the right, I will vote for somebody on the right. It does not matter to me in as far as what side you're on if I like you. It matters to me if I don't like either of you, what side I might go for, but it matters, but it doesn't matter to me if I like you. Yeah. Now, as it relates to like the media, it's kind of like the who came first, the chicken or the egg, right? It's it's we see, question exactly right, it's and so chicken, by the way, uh, it has to be a chicken. <laughs> so <laughs> this makes sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, so I mean, if you if you look at if you look at um, yeah, no, eggs can't be incubated by themselves. So you have to have a chicken. <laughs> but uh, to make the argument that a single cell organism is an L. Uh, egg and then associates as no gender it's just anyway yeah now we're really down the rabbit hole but uh so you look a perfect example is to along with the media and trump and so on is 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 congress is a great example of that it's like the the treatment of you have nancy pelosi and then you have mitch mcconnell who are on obviously opposite spectrums and they both 
it's funny because they both do the same thing as the other one did beforehand. And it's like, oh, well, you did this before. And then you'll hear the arguments in the media. Well, this they're just reacting to how Mitch McConnell did this beforehand when he blocked all of, tried to block all of Trump's, or I'm sorry, all of Obama's um, court, not a lot of his court nominees. And it's it's funny because I don't believe that one person did it first. Obviously, one person did it first. But the idea is, is that especially with how polarized politics have become, you know, they've gone so far apart that it's become something that doesn't matter who did it first in reality because it doesn't stop anymore. So you have this hypocrisy, this double standard that is so prevalent in conversations between people on Facebook, just in generic and in, in your general people that are so unwilling to say that something on their political somebody in their political party is wrong or something their political party is doing is wrong because it's their political party. Like I said, it boils down to left or right. So if they, if like people feel like if they were to say Mitch McConnell is wrong or Trump is wrong, then they're now like siding with the Democrats, which can never be a thing. And it's like, that's not what you're doing. It's people have lost that. The majority of people have lost. I shouldn't say the majority, the loudest people have yeah. lost, have lost sight of of the real goal, I guess, is that it's not that one person, one party is better than the other. One person, one party has to be more right than the other. It's that you need to have a right solution to stuff. Yeah. The idea is of the political parties is they have one common, they have common goals that they see about getting to those goals in different ways. And that's up to interpretation and debate. And that's the problem I have with the media. You look at Fox news and how they handled Obama's presidency is constant the same thing you see now just we have there's just we uh, there's just more left biased news sources that you see doing the same thing to trump for four years yeah. but it just gets more and more extreme every single year because everything has to top something else and so it's and then before that when it was bush it was the other way around again and then before that when it was clinton it was the other way around too and there's just a it's it's a perpetual cycle of getting more and more intense and i think that it's hard to boil it down to like how horrible cnn is because no shit. They're terrible. Yeah. Fox News is terrible. They're all terrible. Breitbart's terrible. <laughs> MSNBC is terrible. Like it, it's a, when you start to, the, the thing is, is like when you start to point out like, oh, well, Nancy Pelosi did this first or uh, Chuck Schumer did this first, all these things. If you play that game, it probably means that the people you're talking about are all kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I think that goes, and I think that's what happens. That's why you result in somebody like Trump. And I, I, I'm assuming you've seen the movie, the dark Knight. Yeah. And, uh, there's a part where Alfred, when they're talking about like, why would the, they've crossed the, they've crossed the line. Yeah. Bruce Wayne says, you know, when they put the, the mob cross line, when they got the Joker and Alfred says, he said, no, you push them to the point where they turn to something that they didn't fully understand. And I think that that's what you get when you have this perpetual cycle like this, you have two opposites. You have the cancel culture of the left and the radical left, more, more radical left, the Antifa left. Which and then you I have would just like to point out what fucking pisses me off in the comparison of the BLM versus uh, the pro capital protest. No one's talking about Antifa anymore. And I'm like, the fuck they still basically run portland mm -hmm. you want to talk insurrection you motherfuckers anyways go on no no you're 100 right and i have my issues with them too bunch of pussies but um they, they uh excuse my french uh that you you have the, that group on the left and then you have like you know trump and the alt-right group not saying trump is alt-right but trump and the alt-right group as well 
um, you get this the loudest voices, as I was saying, and and there you get these opposites that show up, and they're they're strong opposites, yeah. not central opposites. They are strong opposites that oppose each other, and it just ends up being a forever brawl when you turn to something you don't fully yeah understand. And then as a result, because things boil down to left or right, I would argue, then you just continue the cycle of further poli- uh, further polar- polarization because. That's what people feel has to be the be all end all yeah. is left or right. And you have moderate people like myself, like you, who, by the way, by Canadian standards, I'm not a moderate. <laughs> well, in American standards, actually, I'm American standards, you're moderate. probably right now, too. <laughs> to be fair, they, people will probably consider me. And I don't even consider myself remotely right. I'm more like uh, I'm fiscally right. <laughs> yeah, I'm more like Dave Rubin. Except I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm successful, but yeah, yeah God, I, I wish I wasn't, but, but yeah, but, um, and, and so I, I look at the way that like I call ourselves moderate, right. But people wouldn't call us moderate for just, just, just for disagreeing on one thing about like the BLM movement and people would accuse me and you of being, or you and I of being uh, right, farther right. And that's not the case. It's because I also think that the capital protests were bullshit. I think any protest and writing that results in destruction like that and loss of human life over something you don't fully understand is bullshit. Yeah. Now I thought, because you know, obviously American politics controls all, right? Because um, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I was saying, uh, people don't understand how everyone's other countries work now. As a, there's a lot of problems with the American system. It's like you guys are just doing things in the most fucked up way possible. Like I was talking to Asher about like the mail-in voting system, and as a Canadian, I'm like, I don't understand the issue with the voter ID thing. Like in Canada, you have to have ID. And our advanced polling is no more than like 10 days before to avoid all that. Like, it's just, there's nothing wrong with mail-in voting. There's a problem with the way Americans do it. Like people mm-hmm. who say there isn't a problem, you're, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. Because if you look at any other fucking country that does it, mm-hmm. there's IDs. So I have, I have an answer for you as to yeah. why, and, or at least what I, some evidence that I would say is the larger reason. And there's, there's, there's two sides of that coin. There's the side of the people of people on the left. Again, when I refer to left and right, I'm just going to just go farther, like the outside 25% of each side. It's probably less. It's probably like 10%, honestly. It probably is. But just for the sake of when I say left or right, I don't mean like me, right, me left, yeah. right. Exactly. But, but so when you have, you have people on the left that would say it's a form of voter suppression because you're trying to, they make it a racist issue because it's race-based and it, they'll say it's race-based without with little to no evidence when in reality it comes down to it's citizenship-based, right-to-vote-based. Um, but then you'll have people on the right that are saying like, what's wrong with like, like what you're saying? What's the reason? There's no issue with doing that. Other countries do that because that's how it should be done. And that's 100% correct. It's that there's some people on the right that are like the Ted Cruz's of the world. I don't, I'm not a Ted Cruz fan because I believe people like him. Zodiac killer. Yeah. Zodiac killer. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I never understood that, and but whatever. I, I, I saw it and I, was, I thought it was stupid. So it didn't, it didn't make me laugh, but uh, I, it's people like him that 
he's inflammatory and he says things like that to be inflammatory. And so that's partially why I think you have, again, left and right. That's that, that harsh divide over, you know, if you say there should be, because you have people like Ted Cruz that are more inflammatory that say that there should be voter ID, then you have, if I agree that there should be voter ID, then you have everybody on the left screaming, like, how dare you, you're racist trying to suppress votes when it's like, I, I don't, I, I think Ted Cruz is a piece of shit and shit and might be doing it for that reason. But I just think there should be, I just think there should be voter ID versus then you say it the other way around and you get the exact opposite reaction. So I think it comes down to who's the, who are the people that are the ones that are instigating a lot of these statements like voter ID, like Ted Cruz, Rubio, um, et cetera. There's uh, Trump is another example. I don't think Trump gives a shit. I don't think he about voter ID. Anytime, he's like, uh, very true. Exactly, very true. And, and I think that he doesn't give a shit about it, but he says it because it's inflammatory, and that's why he says it. It gets it gets everybody to cheer for him in his rallies, and it's a way he can give the middle finger to to the people on the left. And and I think again, the more inflammatory an issue becomes because of one or two people you get an equal and opposite reaction. It's Newton's other law that we don't know. It's about politics, but, but, uh, but. Me, me and my girlfriend have this belief that, and it's like a, an ethereal grand thing that is hard. I, I, it's really difficult for some people to get their heads around the entire universe. This is probably tied into simulation theory, but not quite is that we're on an algorithm. Mm-hmm. Now we are a micro humans are a micro in this universe. And we are still following a code. We just don't think we are because we have all this choice and all this stuff. But if you took a pan out camera and you had some grand godlike view, you'd be like, oh, that's the algorithm. They're just following the algorithm. It's totally normal. You know, if that means, if that makes sense. Yeah, the matrix. Yeah, kind of. Something. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the algorithm part of the third matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, go on. Well, so, so. And, and this is, again, to relate this inflammatory part to other things that you said about the grab them by the pussy is, a, is another example. It's one of those things that because an inflammatory person said something, now it's how the hell could you say that and still have this person as your president? It's That's terrible. He shouldn't be your president. By the way, I think that and coronavirus which did the economy are the two reasons that he really lost. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women just couldn't get past that. Like I talked to my mother and she's like, I I agree with his policies, but uh, I hate the man. I'm like, why? Because it basically comes back to that. So a lot of women, I think as soon as that went public, they're done. But he said, but he said that before the first election though. Yes. And he won. And I think the reason he won the first election is because Hillary was a dog shit candidate. And that was the reason. And it's, it's, by the way, Kamala Harris is a less skilled version of Hillary. Mm -hmm. That's a clusterfuck. I I think she's, I think she's about as exciting as, as paint drying. So, so, and and she's from California and she's from Oakland. And I think she's, I think she's phony and nothing to do with them being a woman. Why the fuck did the Democrats if they'd run Tulsi Gabbard? Holy shit. I, I, unpopular opinion. I like Tulsi Gabbard quite a bit actually. And I liked her and I actually didn't dislike Amy Klobuchar. I I liked her. Um, she was a bit awkward, but I did like her. Um, and I, I like Pete Buttigieg as well, as far as your. He's a bit more smarmy, though. He's more traditional he, politician. He's a little smarmy, but what I will give him credit, and not to sidetrack too much, I, I'll give him credit. He 
he's gay, right? And you never hear him mention it when yeah. he's talking about himself. You know what? I think that's a valid. Uh... And and you know who who mentions every chance they get that they are some kind of minority is Kamala Harris. Yeah. Every fucking time she's she gets a chance to speak, she talks about her as a child when she got to ride on those buses. And it's, I don't know if it was that she ripped off a Martin Luther King Jr. speech, and the his her his granddaughter daughter is fucking furious at her. Like, I remember reading about that. Yeah, she's plagiarizing shit just like Joe Biden. Have <laughs> see, I actually like Joe as far as a moderate person. I think he's I, I think oh, I'm getting I'm getting a little sidetracked. But but what I, I what I feel about him, I, well, why I like Joe Biden is because in a world right now in a political climate in the United States where it is so powerfully uh, polarized and there seems to be no sign of any way to any semblance of that coming back towards the middle and to towards just because one thing is one way means you have to believe it or not. I think that he's a, he's old and he's old school. And I know that he bumbles and stumbles his way through stuff, but I do believe that he is someone who is not, I don't believe he's a corrupt person for why he does stuff. I do honestly believe he's a good person who I believe he's fairly moderate and he recognizes that you do need to have some kind of views on both sides to be truly successful. If the first and thing I think he does is pardon his son, he's corrupt as fuck. Just he's not going to pardon. He's not going to pardon his son. I, hope I, 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 I don't, I don't think he would. I, I really don't think he would. would be I could be proven foolish, wrong, but foolish. if he did that, I, I, I really don't think he will. I think, I think Democrats would jump at the opportunity to impeach him so they could have Kamala Harris. Well, that the was president. the theory about twenty so, fifth, no fourteenth amendment, twenty fifth, twenty fifth. That they're setting, pre- I mean, it's a bit conspiratorial. Is that they're setting precedents? Mm-hmm. I don't know how much validity there is to that, but by- I, I, I think there's a lot more that would have to. I, that's the thing. I think there's a lot of problems in politics, but I do think there are still some core people like your Mitt Romneys and yeah. your Joe Bidens that I think are perfect yin and yang because they're neither one of them are far to one side or the other. They're both very intelligent, good people that that do have America's best at heart, and I think are willing to work on both with both sides. And I think that's kind of what we need right now. We don't need to have a swing from Trump over here and then swing to some nut on the left either. That's the problem that you have is when you have that big swing like that, you know, there's always a harsh overcorrection for stuff. You need to not have an harsh overcorrection. You need to have a smaller correction to things in order for it to not continually just get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know what? I I would say hypothetically that's, I would agree that, if he plays neutral, fine. I don't think he's gonna. I think he's gonna get bowled over by the radicals who are pushing. You're already seeing it, right? And 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 the whole thing with big tech. Uh, the so so the uh, just a real quick before the big tech. That actually is something I wanted to say that I forgot you had mentioned earlier too. Um, I don't think he'll get bowled over as far as his his how he wants to handle things because I think a lot of stuff I think he had to move a little bit in order, especially with how he would talk about certain things in order to, you know, swell up the base, get them excited, get them to vote. But just as every candidate does, um, I think he's shown a history of he has his core values and he adapts to things as they, you know, as times modernize. And I think there is some adaptation that needs to happen for politics in general. But I think that to me, yeah, what you the guys need a third party, like for fuck's sake. <laughs> well, it, Benjamin Franklin and George Washington both said it perfectly. There should never be two parties. And, <laughs> and, and the, the, 
what worries me the most, and this is something I was a disappoint about was the loss of both seats in the Senate in Georgia. And I wish it would have been one seat yeah. the runoff election that just occurred because, because now there is a democratic, well, it's 50, 50 with the tie, the tiebreaker goes to the vice president. Yeah, I you know how that's going to go. <laughs> well, the problem with that is, is that now it doesn't have to be both sides working together. And that's a problem that I have with it. And I actually, um, preferred it to be Republican Senate by one vote or two votes, I would be fine with that because that's going to force people on the left in the Senate to work more with the people on the right in the Senate because they need to, they're forced to do that. And I think Joe Biden is someone who is okay and open to doing that. I think the problem is, is that now that they're, isn't a need for that, there might be less of it. And so that's where I think the real core problem lies. I don't think that Biden's going to get truly washed away by his party. I think that because, because of him himself, I think he could get not washed away, but I think a lot of what he, how he is and what he says could be overshadowed by some of the other actions in his party. Yeah. Like I'm not optimistic. Personally, I think they're going to keep pushing and pushing. And, you know, I'm sitting here as your hat up here. And I know people get mad or they just don't want to talk to me because I'm like, listen, man, like my, it's better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. And, I, you know, what I was reading somewhere a while ago that the tensions in the air, let's call it that, right now globally are very similar to pre-World War One. Mm-hmm. Where the tensions there, the tensions there, the tensions there. All it takes is something, something from random, right? In World War One, the wrong person, some duke to get assassinated. Yeah, like just something has to go, and it's gonna blow up in our face. And 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 historians, a lot of them are like, history doesn't repeat itself. That's a misnomer. I'm like, okay, you motherfuckers, like. They take it literally. I, yes, I understand. History literally cannot re- like repeat itself. I, I, you fucking assholes. But you know what? Humans haven't changed that much, and a lot of these things are going. Uh, my automated lights. A lot of the things um, are not looking good from a tension standpoint, and the people on the extremes are being pushed extremely. And I'm like. My Jewish ting- spidey senses are tingling, right? And I think a lot of Jews, a lot of American Jews, particularly and Jews in Toronto, they don't have it anymore because they're too comfortable. And, and I remember uh, I was listening to a investor, a Jewish investor on uh, Tim Ferriss's podcast. And he, what, he was famous for creating real estate as an investor class. I forgot the guy's name. But he was telling the story of his father. I think they're from Poland. And his father was like, uh, the Nazis are coming and they're like, no, you're, you're paranoid. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And the Nazis are coming. And it's like, no, you don't. It's like, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to go check, check out, you know, let's, let's go East. Let's took. So he looked and it's like, yeah, I think I can get my family out. And he hopped on a train and they got on the last train. That was like two weeks before the Germans shut the border on them. And they, he was, family was actually in the famous uh, story of the Japanese consulate guy who stamped all the people's papers, just like quietly stamped them all. And it's like, I feel like a lot of Jews in North America who are like blindly pro-Democrat. I'm like, guys, 
what the what the extreme left is doing right now. Yes, I understand the Nazis on the right. I I, I understand that. I see someone walking in with a swastika. My instinct is I want to fucking punch them in the face. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I'm but not for even the most part, yeah, yeah, for the most part, those fuckers keep to themselves. It's only because the media is giving them attention. They're not running around the country up until now. Okay, perspective. They were not running around the country demanding people change. But I'll ask you this: Why do you think that? Why do you think they're running around now? Because they got the attention, and their people are paying attention to them. And yeah, you can say it's just Trump. I, I, I'm not saying it's just Trump, but this is where I, I think it's, and this is where I think that Trump's more inflammatory towards that group. Obviously, I'm not saying Trump is a white supremacist because I don't, I, I don't really believe Trump is a white supremacist. Not even there's no evidence that he's a white supremacist. He could be, but there's no fucking evidence of it, so I can't say that he is. Um, it's that there's a wink, wink, nod, nod. I need to keep them as part of my base because yeah. they're going to vote for me sort of thing. And that to Fair me enough. is what's unacceptable. And I think that that also goes for the left, that there are some things that they certainly wink, wink and nod, nod at and allow to happen um, because that's part of their base. And I think that's that's the problem is when it's a president who's in power and they see that sort of thing, that's an issue. And that's like the Confederate flag, which I cannot explain to you how fucking stupid I think it is that people are wearing a second place flag. Like, like they, they carry around a second place flag and it's hilarious to me. It's like, Oh, you're going to carry around a, a Confederate flag because you think that it's, Oh, it's part of your culture of losing. Like you don't see me wearing my fucking silver medals around my neck. Yeah. <laughs> so all fair. Like all that stuff is fair. I think though it's to me, like what gets me is like, as I said, like I see someone Nazi, it angers me immensely. But it's the policy that terrifies me, right? I don't see that coming out of the Republicans right now. Even, you know, the claims of uh, reversing Roe versus Wade, the abortion oh, thing. Roe v. Like, Wade, I yeah. Just don't see the Supreme Court undoing that. I just don't. Mm-hmm. And the reason I don't is because, you know, you can shit on these people all you want because you don't like whatever. The one thing I think the Supreme Court is not going to do is make a decision that's going to for sure and in armed conflict. Mm-hmm. I just don't see them doing that based on everything I've seen. And so it's like, okay, who's making the policies in America and who's making the policies globally that's making life worse for people right now? I'm talking contextually in the last 10 years. It's not the Republicans in America. It's not the right-wing governments globally. For the most part, there are, of course, exceptions. Mm-hmm. It's the... Uh, what's the gender stuff and it's the you have to you can't have freedom of speech you can't do this and I'm like those are the policies that terrify me hey, everybody's right? for freedom of speech until you say something they don't like yeah and you know there's that uh, I'm gonna fuck it up that famous uh, Catholic priest or whatever Protestant priest that was like first they came for the Jews and I wasn't a Jew first they came. oh then they came for me and there was no one left and I'm like that's what I'm seeing going on right now man like that's what I feel is going on and, you, you know, we can talk about the big tech now because they're immediate, like, boom. Now, now you're not president for sure, for sure. Oh, boom, done. Mm-hmm. And then they're going on these massive, they, fucking Ron Paul got kicked off of Twitter. Are you, what the fuck? So actually, now this, this is perfect because that's what I wanted to get to next because yeah. you mentioned it earlier about the Facebook canceling and everything and Twitter canceling. So here's, here's my issue with Twitter. It's such a, it's so funny because the, it, it, on both sides, it's, there's comedy everywhere. Everywhere you look, there's comedy. And 
the right tragedy the grief uh, i know you're laughing and crying all at the same time and drowning in your own tears unfortunately (laughs) but uh it's there's those two things are funny so the a lot of republicans right that were are pissed off about him being banned from twitter understandably they're saying that that's not right it's suppression of freedom of speech well i direct you to just to help them think about it better think of it as like a let's say a baker that doesn't want to bake a cake for a certain kind of wedding yeah i don't know if you're aware (laughs) so i follow american politics like crazy so so that so it is 100 percent twitter facebook instagram it's google it's their it's their technically just their private part private organization right to do that all right that's fine it it as far as that, just at that level, it's of legality. It and is legal. Further happens. That's yeah. what, like, what the fuck? And, and so then it becomes a system now of oppression of not oppression. Uh, well, I guess oppression is the right word to use of, of strong differing opinions. And I think it was easy for them, for Twitter to ban Trump now and Facebook and Instagram because he only had what 13 days left when that happened 12 days left so I think it was easy that was the easy thing for them to do because it's gonna most people are gonna be like oh well they have an excuse for it and a lot of people are gonna be happy about it and it's not like he's gonna be president for a lot longer so it was a lot easier for them to do something along those lines versus if this happened a year ago wouldn't happen I can almost guarantee there's no way they would have done something like that and which doesn't make it any better, but I do see, I, I can see that that's why they did something like that. But you have the same organization that has, that allows uh, Putin to have a Twitter account. And some of the worst people, uh, uh, who's the the head advisor to, uh, in Iran? Uh, well, uh, well, Ayatollah Khamenei, first of all, is on Twitter. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, Ayatollah Khamenei, exactly. He was. I don't know he, who the new. I don't know who the new person is because it's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and don't I only knew like uh, I can't say his name, Ahmadinejad. Ahmadinejad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but since but since him, they've kept tight wraps on whoever that leader is now. It's so it's kind mm-hmm. of irrelevant because he was a bit. I think he was overshadowing the Ayatollah, and they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Once he he left, it's like they. I don't know who the people are because they're irrelevant now. They've made exactly. that they're irrelevant now. So, but it's just just interesting how like they they leave these people who a lot of them are war criminals and horrible, horrible people in every sense of the word. I love them. Let's give them. And, and, and yeah, right? and they, they let, they give them a voice. Right. And it's, I think the, I think that there's the standard is just, it's not there be, because there's, you're more, I, I, I do feel like I have a couple friends that work for Facebook and have worked for them for a long time and love working for this company. In your uh, location. Exactly. Right. You sneeze and you're going to sneeze on somebody that from around here and then they're going to call you some anti-COVID person, but uh, <laughs> some anti-vaxxer or some bullshit like that. But uh, they, they're, I mean, very intelligent people. I went to college with one of them. We're good friends and he's very smart and he, you know, a lot of it is, is that they think of it as a private company that can do what they want. And they don't think about it as a sense of like, it's not the police arresting you for saying, you know, yeah. saying bomb in an airport. Right. But allegedly would, you can say fire in a theater. You can say fire in a theater. You can't say bomb in an airport. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the, that's, that's the, it's funny if people say fire in a crowded room. Funny it's funny like, because uh, you can do that. <laughs> 
when oh fuck what's that horror don lemon that fucking clown oh don lemon that yeah when <laughs> he says actually i heard a quote you can't say fuck you that, that was, fuck. it's like oh right, my god right. you're actually clear you're actually clearing something up for once you fucking lying hack like and he said it to cuomo and cuomo was a lawyer yeah, <laughs> he okay. even said he was like you were a lawyer you should know that i'm like <laughs> if if don lemon did that people would watch like that was hilarious. I would take him seriously if he was like that all the time. But he's not. If he could stop looking like he's constantly baked out of his mind <laughs> and, and, and talk like he's baked out of his mind yeah. um, and have the intelligence of someone who's baked out of their mind. But um, but uh, so I think that it's I think that these these social media platforms have I know that they're private organizations and it's not suppression of freedom of speech because they have their rights to allow certain things on there. They are so big and used as such a massive platform for communication that I would almost argue that there's a potential to see a change to to be fair, maybe not right now with who's in with the political party that's in power, but there could be a change into how those social media uh, companies are regulated because I would argue that there is a form of suppression of freedom of speech with how vast they are now. Yeah. Um, well, you know, that's the thing. It's the pre all this shenanigans going on. That was actually something that the two parties agreed on. And and in Europe, like they're cracking the fuck down on the social mm-hmm. media companies. Especially if like England but, is cracking down like ironic crazy. Because they, they don't have them. Don't give any freedoms to their own citizens, but they're out there worried that Facebook might invade people's privacy. That's a whole different mm-hmm. fucking hypocrisy. But it's like the Democrats and the Republicans for different reasons agreed. Big tech has too much power. So the Republicans, because of the censorship issue, which is going on uh, and the Democrats really, I feel is because they worried that the tech companies have too much power. Now my jokes, people are getting mad at me for me. You played cyberpunk at all. The, the, mm-hmm. I haven't played it, but I've watched games. I'm like, of it. fucking that's the goddamn future. Google is like going to be like Arasaka that just <laughs> out, of, out of like, you know, these, and they just sort of the government's still kind of there, but not really. And I think in Cyberpunk, which I'm disappointed we don't have the technological advances that 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 game does chronologically, but I think that might be a realistic version of the future where the corporate, and it's ironic that it's the left that's giving them the ability to do it right now uh, because they hate corporations, but these corporations are literally more powerful than anyone. And I think that was, at least until now, I'm not sure. I hope they still do it. We're going to pull the rug out from them, like the antitrust suit against Google. And uh, mm-hmm. that's a by the way, suit too. Those banning parlor actually gives more evidence to antitrust. Mm-hmm. But it's on Apple's end, though. That's the thing. Like Google doesn't allow it on their search, but Amazon but pulled their servers. I, I, I saw that. Amazon, I didn't realize Amazon had like 75% of the glo- of the, yeah. of the servers used here. I didn't uh, I was actually someone broke it down. It's, it's they're the largest percentage by a long shot, and then mm-hmm. it was like IBM has like seventeen or something, and then there's like twenty or thirty percent. This is random servers everywhere. Mm-hmm. But a- Amazon by far has the largest, and it's like okay. Um, so the antitrust suit was against Google and Facebook. Facebook is fucked because of the emails that had to do with its purchase of Instagram. For those who don't know, there was a the email thread they got release basically saying we need to buy them because there'll be too much competition which is absolutely antitrust in american law mm-hmm. and then now you have amazon who owns the rockefeller 101 is what that is uh, by the way historically antitrust when you 
breakup companies, antitrust, they usually actually do it much better anyway, but that's because they just do subsidiary, subsidiary. We don't own it. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. But now you have Amazon who owns most of the fucking third, like more than the majority of uh, like the, what is it? Simple majority mm-hmm. uh, uh, of the servers in the world basically saying, get the fuck off because blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's, okay, we, we, we have a problem. They, there's too much power going on with these companies. So I think your argument is valid that yes, they are private companies. It's kind of like, Joe Rogan. I don't know if you, there's something shifting going on with Joe Rogan lately. He's having some guests on. He's had on before. They're begging him, Joe, you need to do something. And Joe still has the attitude that I'm just a guy, a comedian. Joe, you have so much power. You see how big his contract was with Spotify? Probably not worth enough, but that's a different story. 60 million, something like that. I don't know. How much was it? 100 million. It's, uh, was it that much? Yeah. Jeez. That's why you think Spotify is going to listen to its nut job staff who like, he's transphobic. It's like, I guarantee you, he's got a fucking clause in there. that says you censor me. I walk and keep the money. I guarantee you it's in there because Joe Rogan did not want to get censored, but it's the same thing as people are telling Rogan, like, and actually hilariously, he had a guy on the, uh, a very well-known scientist talking about COVID and other stuff a little while ago. And Joe Rogan brought up the point about, why and I'm a pissed about this. Why are governments not talking about the link of vitamin D and surviving COVID? Why are governments not talking about general health and surviving COVID? And the guy was like, You're right, I'll do something about it. And within two weeks on the CDC website, all of a sudden the links to vitamin D like buried, but they're there now. And so people have been complaining to Rogan, like Rogan, use your platform for good. Start making change. And he's like, No, I don't know. And and it's the same thing. Once you get to big like he is an example of he's got a lot of power and good for him for being very hesitant to use it because that's how it should be. But he hasn't, it's almost like he hasn't fully settled in how much power he has. Mm-hmm. Uh, arguably, he's got more power than all mainstream media combined in America. And it's the same for the, the Facebook, Google, Amazon is people are sitting here saying they don't have much power. They don't, it's like, dude, they control the fucking information. Of course they have power. Mm -hmm. Them censoring people and disproportionately on one side versus the other. And it's clear. I don't know how people can deny this. Um, Yeah. You want to suppress, you know, say the Nazis shouldn't have a voice. Cool. Okay. Antifa shouldn't have a voice. If you're doing that, I don't have a problem, but that's not what's going on. And so I think people, it's like Joe Rogan, the aha, like, oh, I maybe am quite powerful. And mm-hmm. the average person is like, no, no, they're not that powerful. It's like, dude, they're playing you like a fiddle, you know. Well, you know, so, so that's another, that's the other side of that coin of the freedom of speech in, are they private? I know they're still private organizations, but it's not the same thing anymore. It's just, you know, like the privacy of my own home talking versus there you reach the masses on social media now. So you can, one can make an argument that that's the reason. And and I do see this, that that's the reason why there needs to be regulation of what's said on there, especially like, it's so funny. I went to a very liberal arts school. Um, and the only good thing that came out of that, what? 
Was it Berkeley? No, fuck no. I hate <laughs> I hate the city of Berkeley and I hate the school of Berkeley. Um, and I mean, it looks passion. nice. I mean, I haven't been there in a long time. The but. city is ugly as shit. So <laughs> ugly as compared to terrible. other parts, I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, most it's of America. I live in Vancouver, man. Most of America looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, uh, so I I live in a pretty hoity-toity area of mm-hmm. of California. Very, it's it's way too expensive as most of California is. But anyway, um. So so I went to Sonoma State University and beautiful campus, ridiculous uh, people and teachers. But best thing that came out of there was my fiance and a couple of my really close friends. Well, That's about it. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's new since uh, since uh, we last saw each other, which was God. You're not. No, nah, I think I proposed to her like a week after we had our, <laughs> our uh, thing. But. And then that's so hard. You're like, ah, oh, I'm going to go yeah. before I lose. <laughs> yeah, for real. Before I have no opportunities. But so, you know, seeing the like on my Facebook feed, and I'm from a red area, very, very red area. Far, a lot of farmers where I'm from and everything. And they're uh, at Modesto is the town I'm from originally. And there's there's a lot of people there, well over 100,000 people. You know, there's like 13 public high schools and um, very red views. And so I have, you look at my Facebook feed and it's hilarious. You just have like this, like Trump's piece of shit, Trump's piece of shit, Trump's piece of shit, Nancy Pelosi's part reptile, Nancy Pelosi's part reptile. And you have to understand, just, by the way, the reptilian thing, I, I, I don't understand. You have to turn off your brain from any sort of logic to believe that sort of thing. And you have to choose to believe it because you want to, not because of anything else. Yeah. I mean, she's a horrible human being, but how do you get, yeah, I think she's a dumbass, but, yeah. but, but so you go through my Facebook feed and you see, and, and I've seen a lot for, for uh, for a while now a lot of disinformation that spread and i understand disinformation doesn't mean who's you dis- should oppress it but what was that that who's disinformation <laughs> so so that's that's the other side of this coin but it's i do see that the amount of i don't want to use the term fake news but the amount of misleading misleading information about we can talk a perfect example is what we were talking about earlier with a lot of the with a lot of the police protesting in the police incidents right you have that's that's the left side of it where they just you know they just show a five minute video and then it just runs rampant with and it's misinformation being spread and then you also have the other side of it where like how did wisconsin have less uh, a, big, a big one i saw i saw it everywhere how come wisconsin has less um has more votes than they had registered voters. And there's two reasons for that. One, they have same day registration in Wisconsin. Two, that that list of registered voters was taken four years prior or two years prior, I believe, yeah. um, for midterm elections. So that's part of the reason why that those don't want that it's like that. But you just have a lot of that uh, of the voter election um, stuff being spread, which because there is such a reach on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, that it does play a role in a lot of people, especially because people say, Oh, this is how this guy's a right, right. uh, He's a conservative talk show guy. And he says this, that means he must be right. And I have to agree with him because I'm not a liberal. I'm not a libtard or some liberal saying, Oh, I'd say I used to like, I despise our prime minister. And I used to do that. Like, Oh, uh, you know, I forgot. I had some nickname for him. And I was like, someone said something I was like, that's not a productive way to talk. And I'm like, you're right. And I stopped as much as I hate like people like that. I'm like, you know, it's, it really isn't 
conducive to the conversation to mm-hmm. insult them outright unless they're just being crazy. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that in there. No, no, that's a hundred. I mean, you're a hundred percent correct. And, you, and that's exactly what I'm talking about, that there's, there's people that don't want to, they don't want to disagree with their own side. And so a lot of them will start to spread these falsehoods without checking. Like they'll just say, Oh, that's funny. I'm going to share that. Oh, that's a crazy fact. I'm going to share that. Cause it's so easy. It's a click. It's two clicks, right? Share and then where, and then that's I'm it. I'm mad at myself every time I accidentally share. Oh, without reading it all first. <laughs> yeah, Something that's like, fuck, that was a bullshit thing. Yeah, I know. I I'm, I'm like really careful now because every once in a while, I, I, like it happened, it doesn't happen hardly at all anymore. Cause I really have gotten better at checking cause I'm really bad about it. And I'll see one thing like, Oh, that is how I think about something. I'll share and somebody's like, uh, this is bullshit and explains why I'm like, well, that was stupid of me. I'm going to delete that right now before anybody else sees. So, you know, and I'm definitely guilty of it. So, but that's, but it's, it's, it's like a wildfire, how fast that stuff spreads in. It's like this, the sleepy Joe Biden, like the, like with the kids and the pedophilia stuff. I'm sorry. There's nobody that's an intelligent person on the right or the left that thinks Joe Biden's a pedophile. And I'm hair smaller or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's an old guy that's weird. Like, like that is the extent of him. And I, he's and per- he's perked up. I think that he's popping something now because compared to like last year, he's perked right up. <laughs> I'm sure he has a steady dose of cocaine, but um, at this point, he doesn't need to worry about his nostrils. Um, but. but uh, you know, so it's just that other side is like the social media platform. It's hard because there needs to be some kind of regulation to it because I do believe that these mass threads do lead. They, well, the irony is, is that I think Trump led to a lot of what happened at the Capitol building, but it's the, it's the consistent spread of fake, the voter fraud, they're stealing the election. Here's the evidence of it, even though it might not be evidence spreading falsehoods. The one, the one case that was like, to me was, I'm an outsider. What the fuck do I know? Now, is there widespread illegal voter activity? It does not appear to be the case. However, in the last year of the elections, you saw in democratic states just running around, changing all the rules, all of the second last seconds. And we all know in giant bureaucracies, nobody fucking checks shit. And that's where it's part of the confusion. And and why I say that is Pennsylvania. I don't know if you saw the state court decision that I'm Mm -hmm. like, that basically said this is their state court and this is why the the supreme court ultimately didn't want to get involved because of the, your whole constitution it's ultimately up mm-hmm. to the states um yes the rules were changed unconstitutionally as per the state constitution and they were wrong and it should not have been done however we are not changing this because we don't want to piss off the democrats who voted and i was just like oh they didn't want to disenfranchise Mm -hmm. however many people that voted democrat and i was like okay but your decision is now disenfranchising the other side you mean by letting them how they want to allow think, like the yes, to come in completely a number of days. and completely illegal but we're going to allow it because mm-hmm. we don't want to piss off and i was like that case is what we should have been focusing on and say right there they admitted that they changed all the rules last second and it wasn't just pennsylvania that did that uh i think america needs a new federal law that says states cannot change the once the election pros like candidates are starting you cannot change the laws you have to wait because the, that's how the democrats i think manipulate all legal except for that pennsylvania case which was they decided it was illegal mm-hmm. so now you're antagonizing the other side basically because you're doing all this stuff behind the scenes and it was orchestrated mm-hmm. it's not illegal 
So you can't say, it's just like, I'm fairly confident to say like 99% that Hillary Clinton broke multiple laws. She was not charged for them because they said, no, we're not going to charge you. That does not mean she did not do the thing that was definitely illegal. And, you know, that's a hard, that's a hard thing for people to understand. It's like Hell's Angels. Well, in a lot of places, they're considered a legal business entity. Oh, fuck off. We all know what they are. Okay. And they're a lot better than they used to be. But mm-hmm. are you kidding me? Right. So it's this the difference between legal versus moral and ethical. And it's, I find people have a people play the people who are manipulating things. They play with that. The oh, it's totally legal or it's totally this. And it's like, OK, but it's still wrong. Yeah, but you can't charge. I'm not a criminal. You're still a piece of shit for doing mm-hmm. that. Right. And OK, so Joe Biden won the election legally. However, there was definitely shenanigans. And. Trump hired the worst fucking lawyers on the planet. Like Rudy Giuliani's a dumbass. I think he's lost his mind. No, I'm not a lawyer. If I was a lawyer, I would say if they had gone after him for for the first impeachment thing, which factually was a bogus thing, it just was, and people still think it's not. They're still pushing the Russia thing. I'm like, fuck off, you lying sacks. But if I was a lawyer, I would, and they went after him for obstruction of justice. I'm going to say entrapment because that whole thing was based on nonsense and you know he's an inflammatory person and he's going to say stupid shit uh that's entrapment now this i will say that's not an excuse no i of course i will say i'm just saying uh, he had shitty lawyers and that would have been my defense (laughs) that's Um, fair too this impeachment though there is some grounds to Mm -hmm. uh a little bit more grounds to go after it. The reason why I think it won't hold up is because what are you guys doing? He's going to be out. So uh, stop. This is the Senate's not even going to reconvene beforehand anyway. So it doesn't matter. But anyways, go on. Well, so, uh, well, my fiance is a lawyer, actually fun fact. And she's like, I don't even want to touch this stuff. Like, and and that's a hundred percent probably the best way to do is just not even touch it. But, um, what were you saying right before that last part? You were saying uh, Pennsylvania thing. And yes, yes. Sorry, that's what it was. So the others, the to play like the opposite side of it though, um, there is a there's a lot of states that are red states. Texas, which barely was red um, this year. Austin from California. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Austin's the San Francisco of Texas, and um, and Houston is is pretty much too. But. Um, Houston's actually a nice city from what I hear, but I hate Texas. I'll That's never right. move there. What was that? I missed what you just said. Houston is is the oh. San Francisco of Texas too. And I, I, I hear it's pretty nice. Uh, I hate Texas. I'll never go to Texas, but um, I hear that? it's nice. I, I am a total spoiled, snobby California kid who loves this state. <laughs> except the people in it. <laughs> so I love, I love the ocean. I love the roads that I, I'm a, I am a car nut and I love driving. So that's like the best place in the world to drive is California when there's no traffic, which is all the time. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, so in Texas, their, um, wonderful governor, um, whose name is escaping me right now. Uh, he, no, is that the last governor? It was the last one. I, I'm terrible on names though. I, I always forget and they all run together after a while, but anyway, they, they're in a lot of the cities there. They don't have, they only have a couple, um, vote mail, uh, voter drop-off locations. Yeah. And specifically only had like two in one area and in a place of like 7 million people yeah. only had two. And, and to me, that's the same idea. You're just, it's legal. So technically you're not doing anything wrong, but you're intentionally making it harder because 
Yeah, I, I have. It, it does. About, uh, I heard that in like. It was it, it was a southern state, so not Texas. How there was only one place in the whole state, Alabama. There was one in Alabama knew that the black people didn't have cars at the time or something, and that mm-hmm. that's why it was racist. And I'm like, well, I mean, I guess you could make an argument to that, or it's just shitty policy. Like, why you don't need to bring the race in? You can just say this is an absurdity of application of the policy, and it's not realistic. I say it goes beyond race, not beyond racism. I, I say, at least in nowadays of application, I don't think it's an element of racism. I believe it's an element of you're trying to finagle the system a little bit to yeah, wiggle in your direction. And that's in, it's does. technically legal. It might make somebody a piece yeah. of shit, but it's te- the, the reason is, is because of the way we're, I mean, look at how the count worked, right? A lot of places they started off Democratic just for a little bit and then it was all Republican and then it was just slowly the, the Democrats caught up in those states, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, yeah, Nevada. And they counted the million ballots afterwards on like most states that did it at the start or something. Exactly. Exactly. Like Florida started at, at the beginning. And That's so good. I don't understand why you're not counting them at the start. It makes no sense. Well, so it's kind of one of those, like, it's like, it's one of those weird technical things as to why they did it. I forget why Georgia did it too. I read like part of their, their policy. Cause I was curious about it on, on why they do it. And there has to do with like the way that the counting works. It's actually faster to count what's already there than it is to like, wait on those open stuff and start counting the ones that are being mailed in and then start counting the others. I don't know. I feel like you just do it all at the same time, but whatever. <laughs> but, uh, it's just, um, I found usually administrative policies that are poorly thought out are usually to do with laziness. It's, it's easier for us and fuck you. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's harder for us to change it. So we don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, and so I think that's why like you have less, you know, you had less places to drop it off because people didn't want to drop it off or I'm sorry, the uh, Democrats are going to drop off their ballots way more than Republicans are. So if you have less, make it harder, less people are going to do it is the theory behind it. And again, it is legal. It's kind of snaky, but it is legal. This year was a weird year for, and and again, I know oh, there's a lot of, was a weird year. Well, right. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Um, dude, our tax deadline is, is in two days. It's supposed to be in fucking October. Yeah. So <laughs> it's been a year long tax year for us. It's miserable, but the um, 2020 was a weird year for the election in many different aspects. And I do think the co- that COVID did play a role and Bad, yeah. the, the, the science aside and the, in the politics even more so aside from, from COVID, I do think that this was a year that, and 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 Trump aside as well, because I think there was a lot of issues with the election because of some of his rhetoric and what he would say and encourage people to do and so on. But I, I think that it the idea of making it more difficult, that's the reason why Pennsylvania got away with what they did is because of the year. And yeah. so that wouldn't have worked for your No channel. one's paying attention. And, and so, well, and, and not even that, it's that they're going to let it happen because it's like, well, it is a weird year yeah. that people needed more time, and which... I don't agree with, but I, it's, it's the year, it's, it's the years with this year where you, there is a reason why there's more mail-in ballots and understandably why there was a record number of mail-in ballots. And it wasn't because dead people were voting that that happens like 10 people a year or an election cycle. It's, I'm I'm exaggerating, but but I'm exaggerating it for the the second. The question always was, 
was it enough to affect the election? And the answer is no. No, not even close. Happening? No, it should not. But, no, no. Just because, uh, just because, just because somebody didn't die from getting stabbed doesn't mean that it should make stabbing legal. But, but. It's, it's, to me, shitting on American systems is like that. Just doesn't happen in other countries. It's, it just doesn't. I mean, well, in, 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 to a much lesser degree, if it does, you know. Well, what what's the worst thing that I uh, that happened out of this election cycle, in my opinion, because the voter fraud and again, it's still or there's still there's still always going to be like investigations into everything for many years to come. There's still are investigations from years ago, yeah. but I don't think the biggest issue to take to, the biggest thing to take home about this is it's not the any illegal voting barring anything crazy that comes out. But as of right now, it's that our president was sowing deceit, deceit and dissent upon our electoral process that our, our democratic process. That's something that's been here since the beginning of the United States of America. And it's something that other countries have modeled, improved of, or improved off of, or just made their own version of it based upon our democracy. And you're sowing deceit upon this stuff because of non 99% of the time, non-factual statements that he makes and inflames people and continues to say long after he's lost the election. And I do think that is where he is going to, change the way elections are done in the future. And I do think he is going, he has official, he has forever damaged the Republican party as a result of that. I don't know if he's forever damaged the party. You do need a third one. You really, really. Well, there needs to be one of like, they should just call it the normal party, (laughs) but, but they, 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 well, you know what America needs to stop fucking doing is the omnibus bullshit. Nobody fucking reads the bills you're passing. What the yeah, fuck? I know. It's a long bill, too. <laughs> and that's why just, just more confusion because they pass at the same time as a stimulus and everybody's like, how come we're giving money to Pakistan for gender studies? It's like, that is not the stimulus. Fuck, I'm so sick of telling people that is not the stimulus package because that's not what it is. <laughs> so, And I get that the omnibus bill is ridiculous because nobody fucking reads it, including the people that sign it. But Which is should be like one or one to five things a bill. That's it. Then you yeah. can do a bill every day or two, completely separate. And that make these fuckers activity. work. Wait, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but not, like, they definitely don't do omnibus bullshit in Canada. It's usually like a private, so an MP, a member of parliament, which is, I guess, like a congressperson, has to bring forward a bill that has to be sponsored by somebody else, and then they mm-hmm. bring it to the floor, and then they decide if is this something first of all we're even going to hear and then they hear it and then there'll be debate session and then they decide to vote on it or not right uh our senate is basically useless mm-hmm. like uh how much do you follow canadian politics more than i actually give myself credit for but but, have no clue. Um, but yeah like our senate is is appointed not elected mm-hmm they like thankfully some of them grew, grew up and said we're going to detach ourselves from the parties and the largest block of voters in the senate is independence they decided we're going to vote independent but they're basically used to sex of crap that do nothing and only rile up when they uh people have canadians want them gone and mm-hmm. uh, the former prime minister harper who a lot of the left wing he was like the trump in air quotes of Canada, which is like the guy was as vanilla as fuck, but globally they loved him. And in Canada, they hated him. Uh, But his only like 
scandal that directly related to him. He had a bunch of scandals to do with his lower people, but it's like, as soon as he found out, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? His only scandal was when the Senate called him in front of the floor. Why? Because he was pushing what Canadians wanted to get rid of the fucking Senate. And it turned into this whole political nightmare. Of course, the Senate's going to go after him. They get lifelong pensions, those assholes. They do nothing most of the time, right? So now you know why California's economy is going to go to shit. It's because of these lifelong pensions we're talking about. You know, and, and uh, you know, let's talk about it. I think if Americans understood how other countries worked, I mean, most of them don't even understand their own country. And to be fair, I'm not shitting on Americans. In Canada, most people don't know how shit works here either. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more simple here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Like we have about four, maybe five major uh, liberals who are in power right now. They're our actually biggest corrupt party consistently. You have the conservatives, which didn't used to be. They used to be two parties that joined. You have the NDP, which are like quite, they're like the AOCs, I guess, but mm-hmm. less. The Green Party left. No, yeah. we have a Green Party. Oh, you have a Green Party too. Yeah, the That's Green right. Party, by the way, they have two seats right now. They, or one seat. They are based out of BC surprisingly they are productive well they're pro they're the pro environment group through them through the roof except they're more fiscally conservative than the ndp party which awesome. is like oh okay so weird it's a weird combination and then you have the Bloc quebecois guess where they're based right which right. Is, I, yeah sure. my issue, my contention with them is how can you be a federal party if you don't have anyone running outside of your province because the Bloc is historically the Quebec only party, fuck everyone else. And depending on how pissed off Quebecers are at the rest of the country or the government, they vote more Bloc or less Bloc. Uh, (laughs) So right now it's a huge, there's a huge vote for the Bloc. They have quite a lot of power. Right now in Canada, we have what's called a minority government, which means at any point, if the other parties want to, they can screw things around and call an election. Our prime minister is a clown. He's a fool. Like he is, uh, nobody likes Trudeau likes Star Wars. I'll give him that. Yeah, but (laughs) here's what's fucked up in Canada is Harper, Canadians didn't like him, but global leaders respected him. He was always in the front center of every photo. And then, but that's, you know, Canadian media doesn't say that. And then you have Trudeau who everyone loved at first. In Canada, except me, I like had an anxiety attack when he got elected the first time with a majority. But the world leaders actually hate him. He's always in the fucking special bus at the back because he's an incompetent fool. And, and uh, you know, so Americans should feel happy that this is not an American problem. And if people, uh, not specifically, I mean, your current system is corrupt. It's fucking confusing. And that's half the problem. It's like mm-hmm. you look around the world, what's going on? Like Germany, nobody wants Angela Merkel there anymore. Nobody. Germany is an example of a system with too many parties mm-hmm. you know they have like 30 parties why is angela merkel still in power even though no because they can't get a functioning coalition government so like in canada exactly. we have a minority government meaning if the other parties want to vote them out they can and they've basically been indicating they want this clown gone but they're like because of covid we have more important issues than to get rid of the clown who's making our country bankrupt <laughs> Among other things. Um, So an example of legal versus moral. We have a governor general. Why? Historically, it made sense. The queen needed an official representative in Canada because we're a constitutional monarchy or something like that. Uh I'm not the biggest expert on this. I know more about American stuff. (laughs) Um, And so the governor general is like the official representative of the queen. Well, 
we obviously have been free from the Queen and England. We are completely independent. And why do we still have the Governor General position? A little while ago, the Governor General uh, started playing politics and everyone started getting mad at her. It's like, you're in a ceremonial rule. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Right. You have no power whatsoever. But they kind of do. But it, they vocal it, power. <laughs> more well, than. The, thing is the system still kind of allows them some power because it's a holdover from when the queen was still attached to the country. And then they definitely had power, but they don't really. Um, but they, she was dicking around and she's in a lot of trouble, too. And then we have our prime minister who he has had like three ethics violation. Well, he, that's kind of like the Canadian version of an impeachment. Mm-hmm. In, in all like a fair comparison three ethics it's like you shouldn't have done that they get a 250 fine it's like what the fuck a 50 fine a and nice then, pair of yeezy yeah. shoes and then they had this thing called the queen's privy which is like why do we still have these fucking holdover bullshit from when the monarchy was there and what he he's like one of these get rid of guns bullshit and he did this thing recently where it's like uh He's an order and council, the council of the Queen's privy, which is to discuss things. We're going to ban all these guns like air 15s are on the ban list. And everyone's like, well, hold on a second. You didn't even hold a debate because like the average Canadian outside of fucking Toronto does not want to ban guns. And, and most Canadians, when you tell them the actual gun laws, they're like, oh, that's actually quite reasonable. It's like, maybe you should have looked it up first. Right. And so he's trying to ram down the shit to take the guns away. Well, it's, the courts, luckily in Canada, have been pretty like protective of private property rights. So now we got this whole battle of like he's overstepping his power using archaic system methods that don't belong there anymore, but no one's willing to get rid of them. Because like when Harper tried to get rid of the Senate, they fucking, no, oh, how dare you? You're corrupt. It's like, no, he's just, the Canadians don't want the Senate anymore. Like, why are you guys resisting? I obviously. They want their pensions. They want their pensions. And if you wanted to get rid of them as much as it sucks for the taxpayer, maybe say we're getting into the Senate no more. You guys keep your pensions. Fuck off. That might be wouldn't change anyway. It wouldn't change anything. It's like it would affect the economy anymore. Yeah, and the whole point of that story is that Americans <laughs> shouldn't feel bad because this shit's going on all over the world. Right. Uh, I have a comment on that after sure. you're done. Yeah, keep yeah. going. My thing is like England right now is literally 1984. I think America is going Hunger Games with the centralization of power in the cities, particular Washington, D.C., and anyone outside of the cities can go fuck itself. And I like other people have made this joke and it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, settle down, learn a thing or two and grow up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, that's it's it's a lack of diverse experience that I think is what leads to that. Like you said, it's the cities that control most of America. That's where the population lies. And generally cities tend to be more democratic than Republican. And the irony is, is most of the cities have a lot of shitty problems. They have views of the most crime, highest crime. They also have horrendous uh, uh, wage gap difference. Poverty line in San Francisco. If you make under a hundred thousand dollars a year, American dollars a year, hundred fucking grand you are below the poverty line in san francisco that's going to go down to be fair now but um what so it's interesting like when you say that you know we don't shouldn't don't feel too bad that everybody in the world every country in the world is having problems or a lot of the countries in the world have problems and that's it's very true that it's easy to get like wrapped up on our politics from outside perspectives to be looking in at us. And it is, there is an embarrassment factor that I experience sometimes because I'm proud of my country. I'm proud to, I don't mean to be 
like cliche, I'm proud to be an American, right? I'm proud of, not that I look down upon somebody else because they're not, I'm just proud of my country. In our, in our, you're a proud boy. <laughs> yeah, right. I know, right? No, I've punched a proud boy in the fucking face before when he came into my bar and said something racist. Like, that's yeah. why that, you say something racist, I'm going to knock your teeth in. But, um, but um, definitely don't take my self-defense class. Um, it's usually more aggression-based. <laughs> yeah, I tell people that all the time. It's like, I am a naturally aggressive person and people find it very off-putting, particularly in British Columbia, which is very laid back and peaceful. So I'm always like, listen, I play the crazy card. I get out of a lot of fights with people that could probably kill me because I play the crazy card. Mm -hmm. Do not play the crazy card if you cannot back it up and you you have to be willing to go (laughs) cannot make it believable if you you got to play the talk it out because for me i just get i have you know i have issues uh surprise um and i have trouble keeping calm in the moment but i'm not a violent person but it fucking terrifies people and so it works for me but for most people you know don't get in fights, avoid it, avoid it, avoid it. So I know what mm-hmm. you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Probably a calmer person than me though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a very level headed person, but I also am, I'm a, very, a little bit fiery sometimes, probably too much of my own good. I also, I'm pretty good at talking and I'm pretty quick with my words. So I prefer, I, I prefer to mock people more so than like taunt somebody. Like I'll just like, you know, ask them a question that makes them now look stupid when they try to answer it or something along those lines, especially when I hear some, I used to be a bartender, right? For yeah. years I was when I was in college and uh, I got good at that. Cause you hear somebody, some blowhard talking at the bar bullshitting about something. And I just, you know, ask him a little question that is going to make him look stupid now cause he's not going to be able to answer it or something. And so that's how I got in a lot of fights. <laughs> people want to pick on fights with me when I do that, which I understand. I probably want to punch me too, but uh, uh, anyway, um, so, you know, being American, like I'm proud of my country, but there's a lot of things going on that are embarrassed me because like when I, you know, when I talk to someone like you, obviously, you know, me more than most people in other countries, any random people in other countries know me because they don't know who the fuck I am at all. Right. So they say you're American, right? You get two, you get two things. Like I said, boils down to two things. They think, oh, are you like a nut right winger that supports Trump kind of person that like are racist? It's one thing you'll get, or you'll get like, like, oh, are you for like an oppressive government? Like, are you for, are, are you for, no, not 1984, but are you for Hunger Games type mentality? So there's, there's the, there's the very polarizing outlooks and it, when it's neither. And there is that element of like Trump to me is an embarrassing figure to have as our president. He really is. However, so is Nancy Pelosi. So I don't want to, you know, I don't want either of them. Her to face be. is melting by the way. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know she needs more injections, but, um, but uh, so one thing that I I always I find is so interesting because it's it's funny wherever I go that I um I do have some friends uh, one of my I have a very good friend that lives in Switzerland that I met on a scuba diving trip actually and he's born and raised in Switzerland really smart dude and really great guy and he texts me you know during the capital rights he's like what the fuck is going on in America right now and it's so interesting how all these people around the world do look at American politics and part of the reason is is because of America's presence on the global scale, uh, you know, in, in the global theater and economics, like you look at any type of downturn our market has of significant downturn, great recession style downturn. For now, China's you, gaining grounds because of all your fucking bullshit. But well, China's gaining grounds, but there is a limit to that because China, a lot of their wealth is based. I mean, everything is based upon the American dollar. It's already against the American dollar, but a lot of China's wealth is also based upon the American strength of our economy because, well, they own half of it. And because there's, 
It's what was that? Soft. They own half of everything. It's a soft takeover. <laughs> that's how China's going to win. But it's how China wins, but it's also how China remains reliant. And that's the that's the caveat of that is that when you have it's beneficial to them, but it doesn't mean that they are going to eventually hold all the cards because when ours goes down, you look at the recession as, as an example, which feels like it was decades ago and it was only 12 years ago. And there was a they had a bigger drop than we had a significantly higher number of suicides um, than we had, but they, they, they had a massive drop and they, and they fluctuate a lot harder than we do largely because of how much the world in general, China specifically is based upon the strength of our, uh, the American economy, the strength of the dollar, right? Cause if they own part of our debt, right? It's yeah. the dollar based in that case. So whenever the dollar is weakened in some way, a lot of times other currencies in the world are also weakened and feel those same shocks. Um, so part of the reason why it makes sense to pay attention to, and this is not any knock against Canada, why it makes sense that people pay more attention to American politics and people in America who usually don't even pay attention to American politics don't pay attention to Canadian politics. Because in reality, your prime minister probably isn't going to have the same impact on us more than likely than if our president, a next president would. And that's not a knock against it. I actually would prefer that. (laughs) Normally, normally our politics are quite boring comparatively to America. Mm-hmm. We have a clown uh, Halloween loving uh, prime minister right now that everyone likes. Everyone here likes him too. Everyone likes aesthetically, uh, but he's a fucking clown. Like the kid doesn't know his left foot from his right foot. He's older than me too, but he acts like a child. <laughs> like still a lot of similar stories as far as like Trump temper tantrum, similar stuff with him. Like you do what I say. It's like, yeah. Don't get mad at me for blackface, but get mad at everybody else for blackface. Fucking dipshit. Like, there's no, like, like, at least Trump's a billionaire. Okay. Like you're just, a I completely disagree. He is not a billionaire. Well, you know, if you want to break down his, his, his uh, money, sure. But at least like, know, I'm just kind of, I'm just nitpicking at something. Yeah, for fun. Literally wrote his daddy's coattails and then, sat in the back row when he got into politics into the parties like hey you have a recognizable name you run for it and then well that is a hundred percent gavin newsom yeah oh fuck yeah he, he grew up like with that. uh i forget the name of the family he grew up with and that's and that's literally how he got warren to, he's like her nephew or something well well yeah i mean yes but but he grew up with some really really rich family in california and that's where he got i mean he just grew up with this like you talk about one percent or like the point one of the point one percenters and yeah well you know and, that's something actually I i learned you know I am not a financially wealthy person. I teach Kramaga in Vancouver for fuck's sake. <laughs> um, but I really like actually, you know, partially, largely because of my girlfriend, uh, you know, the crash last year, I'm actually way out on top because I started taking control of my investments rather than just letting someone who doesn't give a shit. Now, like it's not, no, I don't have a lot of money, but it's like a benefit. It's like, and then I started looking into more stuff to do with markets. And it's like, wow, you know, the, I'm going to give the left something here. They've been saying for a long time that the stock market is not an indication of how well a country is doing. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like looking into stuff. And it's like the one thing I learned this year is that really how well or little or poorly the stock market is doing really doesn't affect the average person because 
most of the average people don't have money in the stock market. And it's really like mm-hmm. 5% of people in the, 5% of people in the stock market own 95% of it. I was just going to say that. Yep. Yeah. And it's just like, why is this the, like, yeah, you can do quite well if you know how to play the stock market properly uh, in proper investment strategies, of course. But why is that the obsession? Well, it's because all these rich people like Gavin Newsom and all the connected people and it affects the leaders. It doesn't matter how poor you are and especially in America, once you get into politics, you're good. And they obsess about the stock market as an indication of how things are going because it only affects it people in it and it's mostly them. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, the average- It affects person, their donors. Yeah, and their donors. And, and it's like, you know- I hear things from left-wing economists and I hear people from left-wing think tanks. And it's a lot of the time it's like their ideas may not be incorrect. It's how they're trying to convince people that's bad shit crazy. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's where I'm more, I'm listening to stuff. I'm like, Hmm, you know, like the whole uh, universal basic income thing. It's a debate that like, I mean, essentially right now I'm on universal basic income because Canada is basically handing out my like money like candy. And due to my, uh, let's say personality and resume, I'm not the most employable person. I have a lot of skill sets, but there's a lot of problems with me working for pretty much anyone. And since I'm not really allowed to run my business, I have no problem uh, taking the money. And you know, there's that, that, Mainly, you pay your taxes so you can take advantage of situation. Yeah. Not, not negative advantage, so you can. Yeah, and there's that argument that you're a hypocrite. It's like, no, I'm not. I'm literally being forced not to do what I was making a living on, so I don't mm-hmm. have a choice. And, and this whole like uh, left wing thing about universal basic income, like Andrew Yang. I mean, his strategy was actually quite brilliant. I, mean, how you gonna, I liked him quite yeah. a bit, actually. Like, how are you going to fund it? Well, I'm going to get rid of Medicare and Medicaid and consolidate it into not a fucked system. It's basically, it's like, oh, that actually makes complete sense. Now, in Canada, he's basically bank- bankrupting the country doing this. Um, but it's, it's like the argument, should you, should you not? And it's like, okay, let's think about this. My theory is, let's do universal basic income. The argument is that people like me who lack of a better, better words is intellectually capable and wants to be creative will do it because now I have the time. I think it's a, that argument's a bit half baked and it's bubble world because I know tons of people who are just going to drink beers and fuck around because the average, not everyone wants to be a creator or the learn to code, like fuck off. Mm -hmm. Speaking from a bubble, I think if you introduce universal basic income, you will see instead of having 20% of people who are capable producing stuff, you will have maybe 30% of people now who are capable producing stuff. But instead of having 10 or 20% of moochers doing nothing, you're now going to have 20, 30% of moochers doing nothing. And I think what you're actually going to see is I think it will be a net positive for humanity because you will increase your creative output from those who can but it will probably get rid of the middle class and you're just going to see those who are just not capable human beings i'm sorry i don't care if you think it's mean there's just people who aren't capable and people who are not you don't have to treat people poorly that's Mm -hmm. not what i'm saying it's just so it's that, that, that truth. It's like, hey, man, if you want to jerk off and drink beer, it's cool as long as you're not destroying other people's property. I don't care. But people have this delusional idea how things are going to go. So net positive, I believe, because more people, 
who want to be creative will have the time to do it. But I also think there's a lot of people who are going to do nothing. And, and the conservatives need to get over that fact that a lot of people are going to sit around and do nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I think personally, because it's just, it's the reality of humans. I think some people can, some people can't. And it's actually a consistent pattern, which is why I hate the whole, there's no grades. There's no trophy. It's, it's participation trophies. Cause it's like nonsense, you know, mm-hmm. it you- doesn't promote, it doesn't promote a, a mentality of like, I don't want to use hard work as a cliche, but it doesn't promote a mentality of like striving for something greater, striving for perfection, striving to better yourself and others around you. And I think, well, briefly, the middle class is getting demolished as it is, especially here in the United States. And so the last thing we need is like more strain on that middle class that's already disappearing but there's ways to alleviate that strain while doing these things it's just that you have to find a way to you have to find a way to make that work with within a set of you have to still have a set of i don't know how they're useful you still have to have a set of like rules uh, i really think you should read anti-fragile like he write it down yeah he's really it's 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 really long. So for a lot of people, they're like, I'm not gonna read that. I do audiobooks. I don't read. I I only do audiobooks. Um, but it's like he, it, it's like it's really a long win, long format of saying the more you try to control, the more you lose control, and mm-hmm. the more you try to account for all the fuck ups that you can account for, the more you're gonna screw things up because we are a microcosm. We cannot predict everything that's going to happen and the more you control the more pressure you put on it more things go sideways so that's why i kind of say like you we might just have to accept that a large percentage of humanities are useless losers you don't have to treat them poorly they should have wonderful lives and have families etc but they're Mm -hmm. compared you're not gonna fucking send these people into into space anytime in the next 10 years it's just a fact Mm -hmm. not everyone's an astrophysicist not everyone's a neuroscientist and that's why i talk about ego it's like you need to know your limits. It's not negative. Mm-hmm. You can actually have a better life if you're like, oh, it's like Forrest Gump, a fictional character, but he did really well for himself because he didn't let the fact that he's not smart stop him. Mm-hmm. But he acknowledged it, right? And, and I think everyone's trying to control everything so much that this is why things are going sideways. And, and you that, have, good. Yeah, no, that, that book really, really, I think, nails that point. They, people just got to let go a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, there's an, it's a very negative thing that I want to say, and it's not actually negative. And it, but people take it that way. And I understand why people take it that way, because there's a connotation. But if everybody is a genius and wealthy and a doctor, then who the fuck's going to clean the floors? Yeah. And that's, and, and, and robot, that's, a, didn't you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a very negative way of putting things because it seems like it's like, Oh, well, you're just calling people below below you. I, I'm not literally, I couldn't do some of those jobs because it's, I just, it's not something I can make myself get up and do every day. Yeah. And there's I'm an element. That. Like I can't, I can do manual labor, but my body will right. down after a couple of weeks of it. It's like, it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I'll work my ass off. I banged apart a 17,000 pound slab of concrete in my backyard with a sledgehammer. Cause I was too cheap to rent the jackhammer. Like I'm not afraid of when I will never do it again. Next time I'm renting a jackhammer, but, but, but I, I'm not afraid of, <laughs> I'm not afraid of the work. It's just that there's, there's jobs that 
have to be done. There's roads that have to be made. There's, there's things that need to be built. Like that is, there's factories that have to be worked in. And that's just how well, you know, that works here. Like the, I hate the learn to code thing. It's like, you were such a, ironically, I'm pretty sure it's the same guy who wrote that book that originally came up with it. But I'm just like, it's such a naive view of humanity. And it's like, there is this huge push particular by the tech companies to replace a lot of jobs with robots. And their idea is more people will be creative, hence the whole universal income. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't I disagree you know completely. what average people are like, dude, like you're mm-hmm. only around intellectuals. You're going to have an angry group of people with no purpose and nothing to do. They're going to start blowing shit up and smashing shit. Okay. And mm-hmm. unless you go full Hitler, what are you going to do with these people? And it's like, they, I've never heard a good answer of what to do. That's why I say you got to just chill. And if people want to work these jobs, let them work them jobs. People don't want to work these jobs. They don't want If people are happy doing that, let them, you don't need to replace everyone with robots. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't, but everyone's so sure. Like this is how the future is going. It's like, well, not if you piss enough people off and they say, hell no, and tear it all down. Like then we just go back, reset again. And then it's just a vicious cycle on and on and on. Yeah. Until we run out of trees and run out of water and then, <laughs> then it's less of a cycle. <laughs> now, because yeah, we're coming up on three hours, so probably got to cut it off soon. But because all this stuff, obviously me and you love talking about this stuff and me mm-hmm. and you love the martial arts. Now, I get shit for talking about this stuff, even remotely. And I asked Asher about it too. And I, I know like Amit hates it. It's like, to me, self-defense is not just physical. And I know people come in to my school thinking they're just going to learn one thing. They're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about other shit? And it's like, because I want you to understand self-defense is not just physical. You need to know what's going on around you politically. Maybe you need to be the Jew who takes his family, gets on the train and fucks off. If you don't know what's going on around and that's my perspective. And I get a lot of shit for taking this approach. So weird that, cause that seems pretty basic to me. I mean, that yeah. seems like that would make sense, but it's not. So like, uh, the intro I added to this podcast is, you know, the, the warrior, uh, the society that lets it, yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. I'm going to fuck it up. Let me look it up real quick. You'll, you'll hear it at the beginning. Uh, well, here I'll say one thing while you're finding it. So one thing that I, you know, I value my, uh, like my athleticism as a huge part of my ability to be confident in my ability to protect myself and self-defense and, you know, my martial arts training. But one of the most beneficial things I've ever done um, in my entire life was be a bartender yeah. because I learned more about how to talk to people, how to read situations, how to engage certain climates than any other job I've ever had. And I've had several jobs and of varying degrees of interpersonal relations. And I think that learning stuff, learning that self-defense is more than just being able to fight somebody or fight somebody off or protect yourself physically, that it is recognizing certain things. Now expand those to like a bigger scale, like you're saying, and then you can take those same skill sets of learning situational awareness of what climate are you engaged in right now? What kind of climate do you see coming up in the future? Is it worth taking your family and leaving for somewhere else? Is it not? Is that an overreaction? You know, that's that's a game you have to play with stuff. Of course. So uh, the quote is, uh, the society that separates its scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards, its fighting done by fools. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's what's going on. And I get so much resistance. Now, 
I didn't, maybe perhaps I didn't think about it, is that I was reading something. It's like people come in to do martial arts because they want to forget about everything else. And I'm like, uh, I guess I never thought about it like that because they come in as an escape. But I'm like, it's a way of life. It's not an escape. And people have started treating martial arts like an escape because they want to forget about all this stuff. But I'm like, because Kramaga is self-defense, it applies to all aspects of life. And if you take the lessons learned from it, you can apply it to other areas. I mean, take Sun Tzu's Art of War. So it's written like mm-hmm. a thousand years ago. They use it in business school. They use it. The principles you learn in war and, and, and martial arts can translate elsewhere. But if you don't know critical thinking, you don't know the politics, you don't know the laws in your own country, you're not going to see shit coming when it fucking the train hits you, right? You just won't see it. I wish more people in the martial arts world would open up and intellectualize the martial arts a little bit more because I think they're completely connected, right? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, obviously we probably agree, but you know. (laughs) No, definitely. And I I think that they actually can go hand in hand. I I would say that there's, because for me, like one of the things I love about I love about exercise. Like I love running. Running is one of my favorite things to do, to do just because I've done it since I was little. Like I just love going out for a run, but I love lifting. You know, I, I love, I love like getting my heart rate up to 165 and burning my ass up, you know, on a hard workout, punching up a heavy bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, same with like martial arts. I think that you can get away from it at all when you do these things. But I think it's not that you're escaping everything, escaping reality. I think it's that you're tuning out all the noise and then you can focus on the small, on the, on the, on the things that I think are more important, like what you're saying. Like, I think that's, I think they can go hand in hand because when I go do these things, I'm not doing it because I don't want to think about my future anymore. Like I don't want to not be aware of the climate going on. I do that because I don't want to think about like, Oh, I have this thing at work tomorrow. Oh, I have this stuff coming up at home. I have all these things that are overwhelming me right now. It's, you know, my, my, uh, my uncle just passed away from, from COVID actually, um, uh, about a week, actually about five days ago. Yeah. And, um, you know, I do, I exercise because I cannot, I, I can take away the thoughts of like sadness and loss. Yeah. I can think about the good times. Right. And, and that's, that to me is what the point of martial arts are outside of the self-defense aspect is you can get away from the the sad, the noise, and you can focus on the things that are important and actually worth focusing on. Cause that's all you have room left in your brain for when you're really working your butt off or something. Yeah, no, it totally makes sense. So, uh, yeah, cause I gotta get going. Uh, I forgot what time it was. Uh, any parting words? I will say this, that one parting, parting, parting few words is that, there's a lot more people like you and me that I think that are out, especially in America that are oftentimes stuck in that left or right yeah. mentality that don't actually believe everything on one side, but feel like they have to, because it's hard in a climate where it's hard to disagree with people and not, and not be called the name. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds right now. Do you want to be found online anywhere or do you prefer an uh, anonymity other than your name? I'm, I'm okay with that. So uh, if you want to be found, how can people find you? Well, if you want to find me, um, 
my Facebook. It's Casey Kaler, C-A-S-E-Y, last name K-A-H-L-E-R. Um, I'm not really that exciting. I try to be funny on Facebook. So, you know, somebody wants to debate with me, feel free. Yeah. Um, you call me names, I'll make you look stupid. <laughs> but uh, Instagram is not even worth going there and I don't go on Twitter. So that's pretty much the only place you can find me. Cool. Uh, and you're, uh, I'm totally blanking. Uh, when stuff opens up, because you teach there, same as Asher, what, what's the school called? Uh, oh, we're um, Krav Maga Revolution. We're in uh, Petaluma, California. Awesome. I'll put the stuff again in the, in the link. It was a uh, pleasure chatting with you. Same oh, excellent. conversation and uh, I look forward to seeing you in person again when shit settles down. <laughs> hey, when it opens up, I have some, uh, is it Air Canada? I have... Um, First airline ever, by the way, but you're welcome to fly. <laughs> well, I have about $850 of credit that they won't give back to me because they canceled my bachelor party trip for the Formula One race in oh, Montreal. So I'll have to come visit as soon as they open it up again. Cool. Sounds good. Have a great evening and uh, look forward to seeing you again. You too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Listening to the Warriors Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions.